folks, we got Scott Bridger and Jason Tabanski here. And we are putting, uh, actually going on with tradition with a new podcast. We are no longer LEA Podcasts. This is now going to be Archery Unhinged, which means it's about to get wild. Ish. <laughs> Old man yells at Sky. Yeah, no nope. kidding. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more free. A little bit freer. I'm not tied to the shop anymore, so I don't have to. Yeah, a little worry about a pissing little bad history off. on that. Yeah, I've sold Scott the shop. Retired. I retired. Kinda. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know if I call it retired. He'll never retire. No, you never. love this too much. As much as you hate it, as much as you hate doing it, you love it too much. You know what I hate? I hated the retail side of the business. Yeah, I really did. So now I'm you have this, more time to do what you really want to do. Well, you say that, but my other, other than coming in late like an old guy, yeah. I'm still working normal hours like I normally do. It sucks. I mean, you you work banker hours. I say yeah. that, but you, you there's lots of nights where you still still are staying, yeah. past closing, helping guys out. But exactly. that's because like, and that's you know, I've talked to you. hell. I think we've talked about it here, but like you're you're so passionate about it, and you're so good at instilling that passion into other people. Yeah, it just sucks and you're though. able to focus on that part of it. Yeah, which is true. fun to watch, I guess. But. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's kind of cool. I mean, I did sell the shop. I sold it to some good people that are going to keep it going. Um, we'll uh, we'll see how everything pans out. But yeah, I just got a lot more freedom to do some things that have been on my mind. And Freedom! Um, yeah, exactly. Talk trash about shoot. everybody. Not, well, that's the goal. I'm actually going to try to shoot. Even though I shot some arrows the other day out of my ritual. You guys going to say you finally set Dude, that bow back up. I am a wuss. I am like so out of shape. I shot like, what, 30 arrows and I was... Oh, hurting. You really got your priorities straight, bro. I can talk shit about people instead of like, I can go shoot more tournaments. <laughs> exactly. That'll be all right. Exactly. Hey, we got a guest also with us, um, Lisa Lopez. She is a military brat. <laughs> Hello. No, she's a chief master sergeant in the Air Force Reserves. Oh, and, wow, look um, at you learning. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're a good dependa. <laughs> She's gonna be here listening, maybe chiming in every once in a while. So, yeah, um, we'll include her because you know that's really cool. She's she's part. Of, she was part of a big group, yeah, of women that came into archery, and you know we all saw them flourish. And now when you, I, I befriended a lot of them on, on Facebook and stuff like yeah. that. And I, not that I keep tabs, but I watch what they're doing. Man, they've taken off with archery. Yeah, like some absolutely. of them are doing a whole lot of the USA stuff, the field stuff, the 3D. It's crazy. We had uh, they had their gala this past weekend. Her and I went to it, and uh, they actually did a whole like segment for archery, which was hilarious. Was it? Was it fun, cool? Lisa? Super. It was cool. fun. We got dressed up. Scott got an award. I know. I yeah, saw the suit. You so. clean up pretty good, old man. Did you hear Pena? I talked to him on the way over here. David Pena's one of our buddies that owns a shop in Corpus. And he's like, man, all you need is a white collar. Go to church. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I saw Pastor him. Hamlet. Matter of fact, he answered the phone. Didn't he call me pastor? It was hilarious. I saw his picture and I was like, is that the owner of Samsung? Say, he looked pretty sharp. That's <laughs> not right. Uh, I had to throw that Bite in there. Me. No, it was, it was good. You guys had a great time. Yeah, we did. It was fun. We you know, and it's, but it's, like you said, though, they had a whole segment on archery. Yeah, which was really super cool to watch, and the, the, it's it's a big part of what they do now. So I think it's their their largest draw in their in their you know their their menu of things that you can do as a as a member of that organization. Yeah. So pretty cool. It it's it's a good group. I mean, it's a good group of <clears throat> female veterans that yeah. that do everything from archery to and Lisa. If I'm 
if I'm wrong, you can you can jump in. What what all well, do you guys do? Well, I do want to mention Leah Coriel. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, taking lead, coaching our group, and just it just done a phenomenal job in taking off with what is the first female archery team mm-hmm. in the U.S. If not the world, I think that was mentioned yesterday. Yeah, Leah said that. I think I didn't know. Yeah, I no clue. And for those that don't know, Leah, she's a two-time Paralympian and world champion. Yep, my old teammate that I'm trying to talk out of retirement. Yeah, okay. But you and everybody else. I know. She's been I've, there, done it. Exactly. Well, but, she's about to take off with, uh, well, we're calling it a relaunch, but she's just going to continue on the archery effort and just hopefully it, it expands. I know yeah. with the new ownership, they're going to continue that relationship. So Yeah, that's going to be cool. So for any any uh, female veterans out there or active duty, if you guys want to try archery, get a hold of Leah Coriel or Leading Edge Archery. Or the Pink Berets. Or the Pink Berets. That's the organization. And, yep. Look them up on Facebook, Instagram. They are on Instagram. Yep. They do have a white um, a website, pinkberets.org. Yep. Mm-hmm. Send them a message. Let them know you're interested. Come out and shoot because archery is a it's a healing thing for, for a lot of veterans. People don't don't realize it. Well, and, that, you know, it's a good segue. And we can talk through this real quick and then get on to ragging some companies. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bridgers having a coronary. <laughs> no, um, Lisa is starting an organization similar yeah. to... Uh, the pink berets except it's gonna be more all-inclusive correct right male female dependents because i know they wanted to have more of a role in supporting their spouses um and all female is great it it allows it gives it a safer space for women to come out and go through their healing journey but i think um when we're doing league nights i know the spouses were looking at Mm -hmm. wanting to be part of some type of organization i think enduring freedom is what we're going to call it um it'll be all-inclusive for all military dependents and Adaptive sports, hopefully. Sweet. Yeah, yeah the whole Heck the yeah. whole kit and caboodle. Cripples included. Cripples <laughs> included. I mean, you say that, but archery is one of the few sports that, like, regardless of what you're, you know, if you have a physical disability or mental disability, whatever it is, like, there's always a way we can yeah. figure out how to get you to shoot a bow. Well, you said it the other day. Some guy, I forget who it was. You said, hey, let's put him in a mouth tab. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's a... a Oh, somebody's son. He he had broken his collarbone oh, playing yeah. football. It was Chad Carpenter's son. Yeah, he yeah, he's our said his son broke his collarbone. I was like, hell, just give him like a 40-pound bow and put him put in a mouth tab. And that's the thing people don't understand. You don't have to have a permanent disability to have to find yourself in a need for an adaptation. Dude, no. Remy Warren is a great example of that. Yeah. Remy Warren so Remy, still... What, what he do? His shoulder rotator cuff? He I've had rotator cuff surgery, I yeah. think. But he built a mouth tab, had a 50-pound... I think he was shooting Matthews at the time. Yeah but had a 50 pound bow and he figured out how to build a mouth tab and kill, he killed like five or six animals with it. Yeah, exactly. And did like like a couple like long 10 day plus solo hunts, I think. That's so bad. At least one of them I know. That's cool. In like Alaska Dude, or there's, something. There's people out there like uh, John Lopez from OEW, Operation Enduring Freedom, or Enduring Warrior, sorry. <laughs> he, uh, he works for Stick Sniper Archery now, but he lost his arm in a car wreck a long time ago. But that dude is fucking crazy he shoots an 80 pound bow with a mouth tab yeah that's nuts yeah holy crap all I, could, all I could think of was like good thing that dental's covered when you retire no bro, kidding dude you're about to have no teeth so but, they'd have to do that with the back molars yeah. there's no way yeah to do it no you don't side. do it in the front you yeah, you hold on the yeah, side a, on the side yeah so okay. the string actually sits i guess it's yeah. normal so it's like okay yeah. that makes sense dude air uh Eric Bennett. Eric Bennett is one of the best shooters I've ever known to shoot a mouth tab. Yep. And he like figured out a great way to do it with the dog leash and having it sit horizontal and everything. Like I watched him shoot 300 Vegas games with it. Get the like, hell out of here. Oh, yeah. dude. 
He's Bennett's a, ridiculous, dude. He used to do it with a compound, crazy with a recurve. He makes crazy it to, good he at makes it, it man. Paris. That's freaking It'll crazy. Be his fifth Paralympics. Yep. Yeah, he's wow. shooting right now. He's shooting recurve open with a mouth tab. Wow. That's well, amazing. He, he shot uh, barebow with a mouth tab in, in Vegas, Vegas this past year. Yeah. And was in like the top five after day one. Yeah. I think he finished top 15. He did. Something like he shot really well. And that oh, was dude, I know that. Dude, like he shoots incredible. I know ben it is. I just know he Bro, was he doing that with a mouth whole tab. Freaking he like revolutionized the mouth tab shooting game. No like shoot. he figured it out. Him shooting with a mouth tab and bare bow got everybody's panties in a wad because they were like, Oh, that's that's like string crawling and this and that yeah. and blah blah. And he's like, Bro, I'm missing an arm. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but he doesn't he doesn't have uh Archer's Paradox. No. Yeah. You're right. It's like a mechanical release because it's going yeah, straight going forward. straight out forward of the mouth. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no roll, nothing. His draw length is like three inches shorter than what it should be, so it's really <laughs> hard to shoot seventy meters. True. <laughs> so he's done a lot of stuff to figure that That's out. Wild. But, but yeah, archery. I'm going to bring it all the way back. Archery is a one sport. Every, that we can everybody can adapt. do it. Yeah. Everybody can do it. We can always figure out a way to get somebody into shooting a bow. Exactly. Yeah. So now we. Well, have- that's part of what we're doing with the um, with the Enduring Freedom Company is that we're doing. Jason, all the stuff that you've created, yeah. that you and I have created together, and some of the stuff that we've created, like some of the grips, like with Eric Lindsay, one of our shooters, we're going to kind of take all that stuff. I've talked to Leah about this too, and we're going to actually put it into production type mode yep. and get it online and get it out there for the masses. So yeah. it's not just one or two people that are reaping the benefits of it. Dude, I was talking to I was talking to Roger Koss on the way out to uh, to the game on Saturday, yeah, and we're just kind of going back. A couple of years, and I say a couple of years. It's been six, seven six years. years now. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he was talking to me about this year's season and and how it went and everything. And I was like, Yeah, dude, I was really pissed off because I went to SoCal and I shot like a six twenty nine. He's like, You're pissed off at a six twenty nine. <laughs> Remember when you couldn't break four hundred? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things yeah. like that that people don't understand the the journey and all the other people that are looking from the sidelines in. Well, well um, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. You're getting ready it's, to go to. It's been a to journey. Make, you're, you're trying to get ready to go to for Paris. Oh, I'm going. That's the, the Paralympic Games. Yeah. Um, your next big tournament's in Chile. Yep. But you are battling I a effed up injury. So a little a little history on that, and maybe I can educate some people to go to the doctor and not be hard headed. Back before COVID, when we were hitting the gym really hard, um, I felt I felt a strain in my arm, and I thought it was just tennis elbow. Yeah. Gave it a little time. It got better. No big deal. Um, kept on shooting. And then this year, I was shooting a lot. Like, I was shooting yeah. two to 300 arrows a day when I was hitting it hard. Um, and it came back, and it was bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. And I went to the gym. I did some exercises that I think aggravated it to the point where I went and shot Outdoor Nationals. The first day, I was a wreck. I shot a 607. I was furious. Came back the next day, shot a 644. But I was in literally I was in tears afterwards shot eliminations I couldn't I was hesitant every shot like I was anticipating the recoil because it hurt so bad yeah, right right so I came home I gave it two weeks and it wasn't getting better went to the doctor they did an ultrasound I had a tear in my extensor tendon which is the one that controls your fingers so every mm-hmm. time you move your fingers it hurts and then on my radial ligament that comes across your elbow tendons and ligaments don't get blood supply so it takes a long time to heal yeah so they did some voodoo magic, pulled my blood, put it in a spinner, injected it back in, and I've been I've been sidelined for five weeks now. Yeah, 
It's driving me insane. Yeah, so. but you know what, dude? I've had the exact same injury, and I was out almost six months. Yeah, on my own, just in getting uh, what they call it. I was doing dry needling, dry needling. And doing all the the rehab. Yeah, it sucked, man. The only I mean, thing with with that is I couldn't do dry needling for this because it's a natural tendon. tear. Yeah, you don't have a yeah. yeah. So just letting it heal. Yours just ain't pissed off. It's yeah, it's it's, it's torn. Yeah, exactly. So gonna give it another two weeks, and then I can get back to shooting slow. Bridge and I were just talking in the in the kitchen about starting slow yeah focusing on good arrows over quantity or over quantity exactly yeah, exactly and doing that and then uh you know i fly out to chile on the 15th of november and time to bring it yeah man it's gonna be so awesome i went outside today and against all my uh all my doctor's recommendations and everything i picked up my bow you idiot and <laughs> what i realized was i took off almost two pounds of weight yeah that thing feels like a feather, but it did not hurt. Did you shoot it? I shot four arrows, and they just did, to see, just to see, and it did not hurt. That's good. So lightweight, getting back into it, and then yeah, that's good. Yep. So cool. we'll be down in Chile for the uh, the Pan American Games. That I have to win that tournament to earn a quota slot. Once I earn that that quota slot, it comes back to the U.S. and then we do trials next year. Right. And uh, so let me ask you a question: If you don't win that tournament, let's Dubai say in February. Um, let's say hypothetically you don't want either of those. Does that mean the U.S. doesn't send someone? Uh, W1. In W1, you won't Correct. have a slot. The U.S. won't have a slot. Correct. In the Olympics. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. So, so do you have to, you can't accrue po points at both that one and Dubai. You have no, to win. win. Really? Yep. Win or nothing? So is that Dubai win? too? Win? No, Dubai is, they, they have two spots, first and second place. For this one, it's win. But for this one, for Pan American Games, I'm competing against three other guys. I was okay. going to say, I know you only really have to win. Well, I mean, I have to win two. You only matches. have to win two matches, but I mean, that doesn't mean that puts less pressure on those Correct. two matches. It, it becomes but, a mental game. But yeah. does Dubai got more? Dubai, I compete against the rest of the world. Yeah, Dubai. Oh, just everybody. That was a pretty there. well attended yeah. shoot as well. Yeah, right? Dubai is going to be what's called a last chance qualifier. Okay. So mm -hmm. everybody from everybody all over the world that is, doesn't have a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Is going to be so. There. Could we theoretically win both of those and get two slots? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. But I, I can't do it. I was going to say, it can't, if, if you win Pan Am, you can't be the one to earn the spot. Cause so you wouldn't even go to Dubai two. then if you win Pan Am. Correct. I don't have to go. Oh, okay. I will go just yeah, but as more competition. But you don't want to win. If you win, do you take a slot away from somebody? No. I just don't count. Oh, you don't count. No, so, so they take two and three yeah. instead of instead of one. So they'll take the second, third place guys. And yeah, correct. Same, okay. same situation as like for us at, at uh, USATs for qualification and eliminations like gotcha. say mike qualifies first whoever's in second place earns a one rank right yeah at that so they just kick that person out it, exactly know, if you go if you go to if both. i win dubai then so i it, don't count yeah if second place hasn't earned a slot they get it right yep if their country has already earned a slot i believe they still get it as long as he's not the one that earned the slot previously so gotcha. they can earn an extra slot correct that's the only way of us getting two slots but how many? How, so stupid question. How many? How many archers will there be in W one for the games for Paris? Yeah, thirteen. There'll be thirteen total. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they cut it down this year. They cut it down from. So if they do thirteen, what do they do? Do they have a? Is it a buy round for the number one seed going correct. in? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah After quals. Yeah, they they cut it down this year. Last year I think it was eighteen, but they cut it down this year. 
I think for Paris, that might boost it up. For Paris, it'll be a little bit different because host country gets one slot. No matter what. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. Now, do they, are they cutting yours down to increase other slots for the other divisions? No, they just cut it down for everybody. Oh, even really? the, even the, even the uh, regular able body. Uh, no, I think no, those guys because think the same. 18. Because, okay. Well, because I asked that because like with able body stuff, everybody says, well, they can't include compound because then it cuts half the feet or cuts the field in half for recurve because yeah. you can only have per, I know it's a different discipline, but if it's a, the core sport is the same, you can only have so many competitors right. Yeah, in that. So it's, it would cut like a, at least this is one argument I've heard anyways, is that's why they don't have compound because it would cut down on the amount of recurve archers they could have yeah it's a little bit different for us because oh so, yeah. so instead of extending the games you're trying to fit it all in the same bucket yeah so exactly cut and, and I, and I don't know if there. it's a yeah that makes sense ioc <laughs> thing or if it's a, a a television thing because they can only show so much shit right or what it is but right. that is one argument i've heard in the past at one point or another but here's the other thing for able body you have three events you have the team event the mixed team, mixed team and, and individual, individual right? yeah for paralympics you only have individual and mixed team right we don't have a team event they're trying to incorporate that for uh la because there's there's a lot of countries that don't have three archers in the same discipline that are going to get those slots so they've actually cut us down to we do doubles now instead mm-hmm. of a three-person team yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, I wonder if there's something like some sort of team event they could make that's similar to how they do the team event in the field where you have an archer from different, different, different disciplines on the team. So yeah. like field, you are a, a world field stuff. It's a barebell shooter, a compound shooter and a, re- and a recurve and a open recurve yeah. or Olympic recurve. You know what would be really cool if, if they want to include compound in the, in the able body Olympics, just have some of the recurvers shoot a compound. Or that, or dude, can you imagine like an, a four person team? Ooh, do recurve bad, open, yeah. compound open, W1 recurve, and open, open recurve. Or barebow, yeah, or open recurve, yeah. That'd yeah be that'd do a men's and women's have four guys on the line at a time? So have I've eight been, dudes would, shooting would, at once? That'd be crazy to watch. Yeah. With some of the countries that would have trouble fielding that or not? I mean, you'd have enough yeah. to have a main event. Yeah. You'd yeah. have enough to have a tel- cool. You'd that'd have enough to cool. do a finals event for television. Honestly, there's US uh, IOC. Like in the, uh, that'd be cool. Ass. That'd be fun, man. That'd Eight people up there shooting. Hell yeah. On the Paris side, like on the Paralympic side, it's very, very, um, very, very obvious. Like the countries with the most population of disabled people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the U.S., we can't, we don't have more than one active female w1 right now i was gonna say w1 is always seems to be our like the us's pool that's a small for this this hemisphere yeah but you go to russia they have 13 w1 men like 10 w1 women do they fall under the same stipulations and limitations Mm -hmm. you guys have everybody for for international classification yeah yeah. everybody does the only thing with russia is they're banned right now and then i'm we had a big running joke that China's like, hey, we'll pay your family a million dollars if we can just <laughs> cripple your kid. But it's, I mean, it might be insensitive, but who cares? I'm in a chair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like those those countries, they have tons of people to fill those slots. No kidding. We're struggling to fill our pair of slots. Well, hopefully maybe, you know, Lisa's organization can help help with that. I was going to say, like with San Antonio being, being a big, I was going to say, like, yeah, yeah. we're the VA center. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm, maybe I'm insensitive to think it, but you would think that there was 
at least a marginal amount of people that have that sort of disability. Because what W one is basically nipples down, right? W one is for a lack of a better term. W one is four limbs and core. Yeah, so lack of core function and then limited limited upper mobility, body, upper and body double limbs body, and, and lower body limbs. Yeah, yeah, because because I mean, yours was a, a spinal injury, correct? Obviously, I can't I've walk got, around. I've got okay. 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 So MS. I, I'm just going to say Scott's this. super distracted we, right yeah, now. Yeah, we are at Jason's <laughs> new um, recording studio here, and we're going to do these. I think we're going to record some of these. So you got. But I'm looking at like there, seven pal. turkeys in his backyard and a really nice eight pointer. Yeah, and it is deer season it's right now. It's beautiful. And turkey season. And that buck is yourself. That's a four and a half year old buck. That's so a good that's buck. That's a beauty son. That's, he that's, is beautiful. He's he's living this year. Dude, we're, like we're next killing, year that thing will be. We're a killing hammer, all man. the we're killing all the rag deer. Okay, we well, need to kill be a hammer next yeah. year. No, I that want a, I want the beautiful one buck. podcast. I want, I want him to reproduce. I want him to reproduce. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a small amount of turkeys right now. Usually we have like 15, 16 turkeys. No kidding. This is pretty cool. His bit, Jason lives out in the country here in South, in South Texas, and uh, he's got a game farm in his backyard. And I figure in the next hour, it's going to get really crazy. Yeah, it's going to get insane. Yeah. So anyways, what were we talking about? So anyway, we don't, we don't have the number of people. Oh, we ain't have, yeah, exactly. To fill, in, in the to US. fill those slots. Well, yeah. do you think that's due to, a, a, you know, on the same field of that like what we were talking as far as the size of a pool we have people to pull from do you think that's just due to a lack of participation in our tree education it's, well it's participation and people wanting to commit it, it, it is a lot to commit to. that's that's the thing people like i'll i'll meet somebody and they're they're i, I go to a rehab called beyond the chair i meet a lot of people in wheelchairs there yeah and i'm like hey you want to try archery like that's a paralympic sport they're like yeah 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 i'll go to the paralympics and then i break it down to them be like this is what it's going to take for you to be competitive and do that and they're like oh no too much work i want to go do something else in all reality it is which it's work man and it should be it should be a pretty large feat to do i mean you're competing against the best human beings in the world yeah at that individual sport it shouldn't necessarily be easy but the only difference between between me and mike schlosser is he's not in a wheelchair yeah you put him exactly. in a chair and give him my injuries and let's Dude, see how he does and in all reality he'll probably be just as successful because he puts in the work for it that's that's right? all it takes and you know and i don't know if it's saying we're not saying that there's lazy people out there but oh no there is yeah you are there is <laughs> yeah but 100 but also like there's probably a better way we can like streamline from a, a organizational standpoint yeah. within archery to yeah. like help pipeline well, people to get uh, into the sport a little so bit so it's kind of cool because what what lisa's going to do with her organization her you know just to give you guys some background on what she's and i'm going to speak for you and let me know if i'm okay. out of place but kick him you know she's <laughs> she she as a chief master sergeant you have taken a He's operational so demotion right i did absolutely and, and you went down to be to get out of the political side of the corporate world of you know what they say as you at the top it gets lonelier yeah um and that's exactly how i felt and knowing that i'm about to make an exit out of my career i wanted to end it my way and that was being closer to our airmen which are the junior enlisted those that are newly coming in our younger generation and that's just they're they're just near and dear to Mm -hmm. me because there's you can still mold them yeah and and as you get you know up the chain or up the ladder it it starts you start to get into more of the political or aspect of the military and that's just not i mean i I, you know you've got to do your job but it's not where my passion lies yeah so 
moving into her her venture in enduring freedom you're going to try to make like archery available to all yes including the pair of guys or right. potential pair of people and it's not doesn't have to be like we got to cripple them ourselves yeah <laughs> well, mean, let's go possibly let's go. not let's get bridger and it doesn't have to you know the level of commitment doesn't have to be where they're going out to other countries and competing that's just, the important thing that people don't understand just putting the bow in their in their yeah. hands just it, yeah. exposing educating getting them interested and to keep them coming back for more yeah not everybody's um, going to be that that well, gung ho level yeah. right well no even even if they're gung ho or not it's just a reality that we all i mean i well, and, i struggled with it dude for a long time yeah i doubted and i was like am i really gonna be successful with this am i good enough to do this should i just stick to league and, and call it a day and then yeah. i met the right people and surrounded myself with the right people and they kind of kicked me in the ass and said let's go well you know. and kind of on the same line of that you know streamlining into us shit talking people until USA Archery does a better job of being able to pipeline people into the sport, yeah. like from a getting them from a recreational level to the next step, mm-hmm. not saying it's a hundred percent on them, but yeah. a lot of the sub programs that they have make it harder to make that jump because we have to dude, you got to go to, to qualify for the world cup team. You got to oh. go to five tournaments a year. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, hell, I remember the first time pay I paid for it. Dude, I remember the first time I paid for everything to go to all these tournaments and it was like after I remember talking to my mom afterwards, I've had like $35,000 in expenses that year. Yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck did you pay for all this shit? And why did you pay for it? This is ridiculous. Okay, I'm shooting so, carbon sticks at paper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, so there's a good point and a question. Does Russia, does I, uh, Turkey, does China, do they run into those same type of hurdles that the USC puts on us here? Well, I'm going to bring it back to that. I'm glad you asked that because I spent a lot of time with the Turkish guys out in uh, in Czech Republic talking to them. Yeah. And it's not necessarily their, their federation like USA Archery. Right. It starts with government. The Turkish government treats their Paralympic athletes the same as Olympic athletes, the same as a professional soccer player. A pair of guy in W1 was shooting for a gold medal from Turkey. Had he won, government, no no questions, 100 grand yeah. for winning mm-hmm. a gold medal. What do you get here in the United States if you win that? Good job, bro. Yeah. Uh, your contingency from Hoyt or yeah. when, and, when and I think the US, the US OPC pays you for a, for a gold medal in in world champs. They give you like 7,500. Yeah. At the Paralympics, you get like 35, something oh, like that. So therein lies the rub. So my, my, to go back to that, though, what about, do they run into the same? Because, you know, working with you the last four years, well, six years. Yeah. I'm working now with Eric Lindsay and all the headaches in the classification process. That is not easy. It is no. like, it's like a chess match that you don't have the rules for the game. Correct. Yeah, but um, that, you know, with classification and stuff, that's, that's what the I board. That's across the board. That's so what is that the even across the board? That's that, is that in every country, Turkey? That's every everybody. Country. Okay, let me ask you another question, though. Are the classifying personnel as stringent as they are in the U.S.? I mean, is there that many? It just seems to me that, that, that sometimes you get a good classifier, sometimes you get a bad one. You just don't know what you're going to get. So it, it's not necessarily the, the national ones. It's the ones, once you get to a world level classification, that's where I can't get classified by U.S. classifier. I have to get classified from somebody uh, from another country. Another country. Okay. Yeah. So case in point, I was just running into an issue right now, you know, with my injury. Yeah. My doctor wants me to wear a compression sleeve. Right. 
to prevent further injury and stuff like that. I was talking to a, a classifier today, and they were saying, no, that's not allowed. So I would basically have to go through another classification to be able to wear that that sleeve. But other people are like, no, I think you can. Or judges are saying, yeah. So you've got to, sometimes you get to take the fight to your own hands yeah. and go and talk to people, get the answers for yourself. But it is, that's one thing that I will say, it's pretty even across the board. Okay. I was going to say, Sorry. like my, the closest experience I have to that is with the, the WADA testing and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I've had my hotel door knocked on at World Cups before to get pissed at this. Yeah, right in the middle and of the like, I, Other than the guy not having the vocabulary in English that I'm used to dealing with. Hey, there's like, a sticker right there on the couch. <laughs> like, it's, you know, dealing with them is exactly the same as it is dealing at home. Like, yeah. mm. oh, I thought I had my stickers there. Yeah, oh. they are. Bridger and I are sitting there shooting at the end of the driveway one day, and this red F-150 pulls up into my driveway. Oh, you, and I'm well, like, he drove by, like, he yeah. like drove by real slow once and then pulled in the next driveway and turned around. And like drove by again and then and pulled then in. came into the driveway and I'm like, who the hell is this guy coming into my house like this? And then he gets out and I see you sod on. And I was like, oh, oh shit. And I was like, all right, go, well, see you later. Gotta go pee. Yeah. 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 They're pretty even across but the board. Yeah. Like everybody you deal with from that aspect of it's the same. Right. I would assume it's more I support. Mean, well, it comes down to money. Support like, for well, support from the government too. Or, well, yeah. I mean, at least me, yeah, I don't want more government involved. But like they just money. need to do, it's just money. It yeah. comes down to money. If we have money to offer these people to do stuff, like they're probably going to be a little more willing to do it. Yeah. If somebody so have, has a peaked interest in archery, they realize, oh, well, I'm pretty good at it. And somebody says, oh, well, yeah, you know, you do this, that, and the other thing. You go to world championships, which, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to make that team, but if you put in the effort for it, you can make a hundred grand by shooting your bow. It's like, yeah. oh, but here's that sounds like a pretty good deal. You know, it sounds it sounds super cool. Like, yeah, I win, I get a hundred grand. The Turkish guys are like, dude, we we practice six days a week. Oh, dude, sir, they put the work we put in, in the man. work in, right? And what they're doing is their government is pretty smart. They got a bunch of crippled people that instead of milking the government for benefits, the government has now offered them a job. Right, you're now a professional athlete. We will support you, but you will perform. If right. not. You're, you're going to go sit in a corner. Or you get fired. You're going to go sit in a corner of, of the street and beg for money. Yeah, so I say you get fired. You lose your job. Yeah, and I mean, with the U.S., if we did that and actually supported more athletes, it would probably from the government. You'd have a bigger pool. Yeah. Well, and especially with the, the military stuff that we have, the amount of veterans that probably would, you know, be able to classify in yeah. one asset or another, one facet or another with either Debbie One or Open. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, would be able to do it. Right. Right. So there's plus a lot. just getting more people into archery in general, which, I mean, that sounds like the main reason behind what you're doing, Lisa. Right. Like, and of course you'll find that like talent, a- anybody you know, and and anyone who wants to commit uh, exactly. to that level. But I will say this, I did want to get, I want for people to have that sense of belonging to the community yeah. Yeah. and a place where they want to just be at all the time. And I know we had that when I first joined you know, leading edge and met, it's like I met a whole new family and that's exactly how I want people to come and feel like they're part of something. They're part of something bigger and you know, archery is just going to add to that. Yeah. Well, Um, and even on the amateur side of it, Vegas is the largest, mm -hmm. largest tournament there is. And 99% of it is amateur archers. Yeah. Just getting together and hanging out. Very true. Granted, getting together, hanging out where they serve a bunch of booze and And casino. It's hard not to enjoy yourself, but (laughs) lots of interesting, this is true. People. Peter just went off. Oh, God. Here we go. 
And there goes that eight pointer. God, I don't know if we can. That is a beautiful day. I don't know if we can continue to record here because yeah, I'm distracting. Scott's enthralled with that. Dude, that eight pointer is nice. (laughs) You give him about two more inches on his uh, on his brows, and I'm I'm wait till wait till the sixes come out. I have two sixes Uh, that look like mule deer. Think he's hungry. Wide and up, and their their brows are at least four and a half five inches. Wow, that's amazing. Well, he got here early. He's a pig. Well, that's cool though. I mean, it, it's interesting to see, and I'm, hopefully, Jason, you're going to be, um, you know, you'll, you'll be healthy enough to get over Chile and do well. I know you're going to be behind the eight ball just a little bit, so eh. yeah. Not, here's more hey, as part for the course. Yeah, here's here's <laughs> the thing though, and and I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I was looking at the weather, and when I start shooting again, it's highs in the. 70s, low 80s. You missed oh, 105 so degrees. Dude, it's gonna be I, I was beautiful. Able to chill the throughout like the uh, weeks throughout the heat. That means I can put in more work. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. have to sit there and battle the heat. And well, all that. you and I were talking about it before Scott got here because he takes forever. Well, <laughs> like when I was shooting some of my best qualifying scores and elimination matches and stuff mm-hmm. was when I had the least amount of time to practice. Yeah. Because it made me focus that much more on the third. You know, if it's if I only had time to shoot a 72 arrow game that that day then you were really like yeah on the I, I put arrows. 100% effort into those 72 arrows instead of which, putting in 50% effort on 400 arrows yeah yeah which yeah. I mean when you shoot a qualifier you're putting 100% effort into those 72 arrows Correct. you know if it's a you know if it's a USAC qualifier or something like that or that style qualifier or whatever event you're shooting like right I'm putting that much more effort into those arrows in yeah. practice so it made it that but you know what made cool? it easier to do it in competition and that's a great point though because you think about it if you knew you've got 200 arrows in you and you shoot that first 72 and you F up 10 shots in the back of your mind, you go, oh, I'll get them on the next time. Yeah. I'll get them on my next 72. I'll do it on the next 72. Yeah. There isn't a, there's not an X 72 at a World Cup qualifier. No, No, that's pretty cool. And it's the same thing for Chile. You know, you qualify once. My goal is to qualify number one. Yeah. So that way I know where I'm going to sit on the bracket. Yeah, exactly. It's another baby. Exactly. But he's just. Scott is like crawling over Jason right now, trying to look out the window. Yeah, there's some, there's a lot of bucks out there. This is ridiculous. I don't know if we can continue to record here, dude. Anyways, so what about ASA season? I don't bridge you to. God, I only shot one this year. Sucked, and you shot what three or four? Uh, All I think all but London. You did all. You did Metropolis. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. You did Classic. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Where you were you at? Like, dude, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was in the middle of selling the damn business. This is what <laughs> happened to me. Oh, no. I did. I missed the classic because Courtney had something going on. I mean, right. we had something going on that yeah. weekend. And we That's decided the one that to rained, stay was raining. Yeah, out, it right? ended up raining. And that rained. It, it almost rained got rained out. Yeah, it got rained out. Well, it did, it did it get did. rained out on Friday. It's only the pros. pros. only. Yeah. It was pros only for to catch the bus. And yeah. Mm-hmm. No parking. Yeah. Typical ASA, though. Weather is always an issue. It seems like in that in that damn division, it's crazy. Bro, I'll tell you what though. I shot my first tournament this year in the rain. That's something else. I love shooting in the rain. It was not that. It. it was not that bad, dude. I, shot I love it, man. You shot up in the Chicago in, in Chicago yeah. while it was raining. That was a world, right? Windy. No, that was just a world ranking. Okay. But it was windy and raining. I don't know, dude. I, I love just, it when it's just when it's just like jizzly. a soft rain yeah, all day. Yeah, not pouring. Like, dude, I had a blast in Reading. I'll take year. rain over wind. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. generally like Linden, one comes with Linden, the other. But Linden, we had a lot of yeah rain. Like shooting in Reading this year or dude, this past cold. year, it was like cold and raining the whole time. <laughs> I loved it, man. Because yeah. you guys didn't come dressed for it. I remember 
Yeah, yeah we all had to go. We all had to go buy. Oh, dude, yeah. everybody that was signed up for that shit. All just winter weather. Wasted winter them of all their cold <laughs> weather and rain gear stuff. But, yeah. dude, that normally, like, granted, when I was growing up at home in Iowa, like, that's what it was every day when I was getting ready for outdoor season. Yeah, exactly. So, like, for me, it was nothing. Like, I loved it, man. Yeah. Now you're pussy. I, I am. I was you South, know, Texas, <laughs> South Texas sissy. I'll get up in the morning and we've got the AC turned down to like 68. Didn't ASA I'll say like so? throw on a sweatshirt and stuff for the first like hour of the day while yeah. I'm doing stuff around the house. Didn't ASA <laughs> set a bunch of records this year for attendance? Mostly. Yeah, attendance yeah, so. and qualifications and stuff like that. Jimmy shot that 60. So up. did USA Archery also set a record? They did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's a million dollar question. Did, they're, one of the, they're one of the few sports that has... has it's increasing growth part. in a recessionary period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that's good? Do you think they're maintaining that next year? A hundred percent. You think so? Especially because next year's an Olympic year. So trials at USA archery are open to everybody. Mm -hmm. Do you, you think, think it's going to be psychotic? Well, oh, it'll be, it'll be nuts at USA. I'll archery say, I'll say year. that, but they've already done their cuts. Mm -hmm. They've cut down to the top yeah. 16 already. Yeah. I know they're at 16 already, but, but there's so many people that are now that they know, what to do there's a lot of uh garage shooters mm -hmm. that came out shot the first tournament and they're like oh shit we can make this team and travel here and do that mm -hmm. cool mm -hmm. and same thing with asa you know all the the media attention that asa got this last year did them really well yeah that's crazy i was surprised like i said i thought the recession was going to hurt archery just a little bit the well the reason i'm saying <laughs> is the shop this you know most of the shops that i've that i've you know talked with that i've mm -hmm. been a part of is they're they're down yeah. You know, and I, I say down, they're down from the COVID years of business because COVID was the anomaly. COVID was that, nuts, man. Yeah, it was psycho. COVID but, was um, great because people didn't have anything to do. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's why it was so, that's why it was so busy for us. Yeah, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, so ASA's got their schedule out for next year. And Bridger and I were just talking about this because Foley, it's, it feels like forever, but it it's, does it's been under I just wanted to minutes. make sure it wasn't long. <laughs> oh, it's going to be long. Um, <laughs> no, so we were just talking about this Foley last weekend in February, as usual. Yep, and same. Did as you hear that indoor they indoor nationals? Indoor indoor nationals the same. Yeah, week they scheduled it the same. Yeah, that sucks, man. It's just bullshit. But hey. so, those organizations depends. are never going to talk to each other and get it right. Well, I I thought that Josh was uh he did he did a really good job at at not but overlapping. Here, but here's the thing, though, Josh has had ASA's had that week. Literally almost since Forever. inception. Indoor National decided to move their crap. Well, what, gets, surprised. No, what gets me is that it used to be like you would just bid for a weekend and you'd get it. Like it, yeah. they had, you could oh, yeah. go to 10 different Indoor Nationals yeah. over 10 different weekends. They were Correct. all independent sites, which right. there still are. That's the way they're all ran, but now they're all ran on the same weekend, and I just don't understand why they don't. If talk you to each want, other. yeah, if you well, if you want more people to shoot your event, like why not have staggered? staggered weekends because you know we're we're complaining because that's over foley but there may be there may be a a, a family in omaha that's well, upset because it's the same weekend as their daughter's gymnastics tournament and their son shoots yeah their son shoots archery and he yeah. really wants to compete in that and now they're trying to figure out how to yeah. go to both Last well, year's well, they could have had three beginning. different ones they could have driven to between des moines omaha and south dakota but that happened this over year over three different weekends because um, we were talking about this in the shop in august they had worlds over top of the classic 
mm-hmm. and we're t- making fun of the fact is let Jimmy Lutz going to go to World Championship Chicago yeah. or is he going to go and try to win money at well, uh, you, can't, you can't really argue that. With, I mean, I'm not, I thing. wouldn't be upset with that. That, that is such sucks, a, though, it sucks, but it, that's such a limited field. You're talking about like 16 archers. Yeah. Between like that whole thing with, with, I mean, there's what, so you over, had to, there's you almost had to three qualify to shoot in Chicago. Not no, Chicago, the Berlin. world champ Berlin, dude. There's three people from every country that goes. Wait, hold up, but those worlds were in Chicago this year. No, no, Chicago that was just the Berlin. world ranking for that para. was that was just for him. Yeah. So our well, which world, one did Jimmy Jim Jimmy was Berlin Berlin. Oh, so that was, that was in Germany. World, that was yeah, World yeah. Archery okay. World Championships. That was the able body that, world championships. Dude, we had that's like check. 16 archers overlap between those gotcha. two events. Yeah. Like yeah. I, right. that one, it that's sucks. A, it sucks for them. Yeah, I got you. But like, it sucks for the U.S. because we weren't able to send some of our best shooters. Did somebody go from and the U.S.? Page. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sullivan did. Nick Caffers went. Oh yeah. Chris and Chris. Yep. Yeah, we had, we had great shooters there, but we're like we couldn't send Jimmy, we couldn't send Paige, right? Which you know that sucks, but that's that's a small handful of people. Yeah, right? right, indoor right. nationals and Foley, like USA Archery has what like almost six thousand six or eight mm-hmm. something like that between all the different event or different locations, locations, locations yeah. yeah, and two thousand people in Foley. Yeah. Now, if you stagger those two weekends that they have indoor nationals on now They'd between 8, eight different weekends. They would pull more people, plus all the people that are going to Foley that also shoot indoor because they're competitive archers and they'll shoot in the van if it's within three hours driving distance. Right, like right. you open up the amount of venues, you open up the amount of weekends, and more people can go to all of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, so last year I, was the beginning of February. I don't know why they changed it to the end. I, I don't, I, do, I don't really understand that at all. I don't. I just don't understand why they try and force everybody to do it on the same weekend. Yeah, that I remember the. I remember doesn't the make staggered well, weekend. That doesn't make any sense well, to me. You used to, you used to literally run from the first weekend in December until the weekend before indoor, indoor nationals. nationals in Louisville, dude. It was yeah. like yeah. seven or no, it was like nine weekends. Yeah, out of twelve, nine or ten out weekends. Yep. Yeah. out of 12 like so that basically if you suck on dude, one, you could one, go to another one <laughs> well no you because you could only shoot you know, only your first one counted damn it but like they even had ones over vegas like scheduled yeah. the same time as vegas so people that weren't yeah. well no but it, it's stupid but people that weren't bought, paying thousand plus dollars to go to las vegas for the vegas shoot they still had a they still had an opportunity to go shoot at the van right well so i always always thought that this year i thought indoor nationals would have learned last year and went the weekend before the and last weekend of february because there's nothing going on that weekend. no and there yeah there's, nationally there's wide nothing. open national actually there are two open weekends you've got vegas the first week two free weeks and then then foley yeah so you got two weekends you could have had indoor nationals in there with no yeah, conflict for, for me it's just i don't i don't no sense. i don't get why they yeah. try and schedule them all on the same weekend yeah well you, i mean is there any is there any chance that it's who's got the bigger johnson going on <laughs> I don't think so. No. no. It shouldn't because it's stupid. Monetary. NFA is just swimming. They're taking they're taking a, a Magic Johnson bathtub full of money <laughs> baths. And yeah, USA Archery is just running out of their pool of uh, uh, COVID money. Like a, <laughs> but ASA, ASA is making money every time they host a tournament, regardless yeah, yeah. of what it is, whether it's a state shoot or a yeah. pro, national pro-am. That's true. There is like, a lot of stuff going on in February. Like that Dubai last chance tournament is in February for us. Oh, it is in February. Yeah. But that's a that's a world that's a world event. So, so that's a world event. It's I'm a pair like, only. Like there's always gonna be something over the same weekend. Yeah. But when you have like your two or when you have your pool of archers that is your largest moneymaker, which is able body, middle middle aged Americans. Amateurs. Amateurs. Right. Mm-hmm. Like 
in the Amer- like in the U.S. at least, because we're talking about U.S. U.S. organizations. Like, yeah. why would you schedule them over the same weekend? Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, like, I agree. Every, we're all pulling from the same pool of money here. Yeah. Like, we we all need to work together to get our own to get the biggest slice of pie. We all got to pull and help the other guy get his biggest slice of the pie. Well, you're seeing it now too, isn't there? A big tournament coming up in November. There's the Aggie invite. Is that a? There's a one over Veterans Day weekend. I'm not yeah, that's sure. the invite. Oh, is it? Is there a is that a ranking event or just fun? No, that's just a fun shoot. Yeah. So isn't there a, a there is not a national shoot going on? The newest national shoot because I went through and read all the NFA minutes. Okay. The other night. Uh, the what? Rushmore. No, not Rushmore. The breaking the barrier shoot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When is that? The one, one in Chino. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing a schedule for it. Okay. But I know it's considered like a national, like it's a. NFA sanctioned like big deal event now. I don't know if it's part of shooter of the year now or what the deal is with it, but that plus no, uh, no dress code now. What do you mean? Uh, you don't have to wear, you can wear jeans. You can wear spaghetti straps. Pants have to be clean, clean, no wrinkles. No, holes. I don't know. No holes in the jeans. Yeah. Just had to be clean with no holes and of appropriate length. Gotcha. So that leaves you out. I, honestly, I think this. I always like the slacks rule for he the professionals. I think it's right now. I mean, I, who cares? I mean, we I, ain't getting. We ain't. The reason we're not on ESPN is not because we're not wearing golf I slacks. Know I know. Like that ain't that ain't it, son. Trust me, we don't need to be on ESPN. Like, like the last time I shot an indoor shoot with Scott behind me. <laughs> Shut up. The amount of bucks that were given out. <laughs> and say we might be able we might be on Barstool. Bro, he beat he, he probably beat Bam Margera that day. Whatever. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. But lies. no, there's all eyes. There's gonna be a lot of good shoots coming up. You know, you got the indoor world series back up. Yeah, no. Courtney's been begging me. There's what? The, the indoor, indoor world the, series. So you like can travel the, around the world. Well, those are open events, right? Yep. Everything oh, is the open. world events. That's like one of the cousins used to run those Neem's and um, Neem. I used to go to Bangkok. There used yeah. to be one in Singapore. The series. What's the capital of Thailand? <laughs> Dude, hey, you joke. That's it. I love that city. That yeah. place is awesome. And so did everybody in the Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> what Welcome is it? Silver tree unhinged. Yeah, what is it? Silver tiger drinking. <laughs> oh Lord. Shaper is drinking. He's got a Kool Aid over there. So, are you shooting more next year? Trying. That's the goal. Are you going to work? Stay behind and cover the. Well, hey, not in twenty four, but twenty five. Courtney and I are going to try and go to Nimes. So you should get. You should come away. Are you going to? Bro, I'm down. Not next. Not this coming. Not this. Not this January, but next. Yeah, next. We're going to try and go to Nimes. I I really want to make the Vegas final. I'm going to half volunteer my wife to do that, and she speaks French. Oh gosh, it's a great idea. So let's do that. I absolutely. So we can have Courtney go as our interpreter. You know that. Who cares? Hey, you know that. But hey, I will do it just to hang out with y'all. Hey, yeah. we could record while we try and drink a carafe of beer at the, uh, at Trebasir. You know what the there best thing about road is? Go it's go to compact and traveled. Go go to France. Oh, so there's a, there's a brewery. If anybody going to Nîmes this year, there's a brewery there called Trebasir, and they their homebrews are excellent. By the yeah. way. But me, Nathan Yamaguchi, and Sean Vincent tried to drink an entire carafe of beer one night because we all got knocked out in eliminations. <laughs> so we had nothing to do the next day. And like it's like four, what's a carafe? You lived in Germany, so you probably it's about know. four and a half liters. Say it's like four and a half or five liters, liters, liters of yeah. beer. Yeah, you were done. Bro, I'm telling oh, you. Dude, it was, <laughs> France is actually pretty cool. Paris, you take 
Paris is like the L.A. of France. Okay. You, you go away from that. Like, like the Austin of Texas? Yeah. And, and I, Austin's cooler than Paris. I'll take that. But I agree. We flew, we flew some helicopters one day, and we landed in the south of France in a little town named Tours. Mm-hmm. And we went, we went downtown, and we found this, this bar. They had monk beer. 13% alcohol monk beer and they would serve it to you in one and a half liter mugs. Two of them. Done. And I forgot oh. how to speak English. I was speaking, <laughs> Dude, I was speaking I, perfect French. I tell you, they, they know how to party there too because I remember I had stayed back at the hotel but uh, my buddy that I was staying with and another friend went downtown to go shop for souvenirs and shit. And granted, they have like a giant Coliseum, Coliseum yeah. downtown in Nîmes and this was at like three o'clock. And Eric said he was walking down the street and could just hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Three o'clock in the afternoon, they kept walking down the street, getting louder and like finally found it. And it was a club like shoulder to shoulder, packed like sardines. People just really? I mean, rocking wasted. <laughs> it's scary. driving there. At, like, that was the scariest experience on, for me is driving in Paris. Three o'clock on a really? Saturday. Yes. Afternoon. I never went to Paris. Why do people know how to drive? But yet? I did drive across France. It, uh, the roundabouts. Oh, there, the there's roundabouts. no yielding. There yeah. is no oh, courtesy. You've never driven in Wisconsin, then. <laughs> no, it's, it was bad. It was scary. Uh, they don't know how. They don't know how to handle four-way traffic stops yeah, in, no, in it Wisconsin. Is. It's all roundabouts. We took Courtney's uh, Toyota Camry to Spain, and that car is like three times the size of a Spanish car <laughs> in a roundabout, like a six-lane yeah. roundabout mm-hmm. in San Sebastian. You talk about white knuckling the steering wheel. Yes, oh yeah, exactly. Oh, it was bad. If you come to Neem, I'm definitely driving into town from Montpellier because the <laughs> roundabout getting into Neem, so like from the highway onto that first roundabout is like watching NASCAR, bro. <laughs> dude. So we like they DVD. are like Tokyo really? drift around that thing. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, oh like going fantastic. seventy miles an hour around it. Around around around? Oh, it's crazy. Nah. Talk about almost sharding. It was bad. No kidding. No, <laughs> it is. a pucker you effect think, out there. Hey, you think all the uh, Latino type people driving around down here in San Antonio is wild in traffic here? Yeah. (laughs) Listen, that's most of the people here, okay? (laughs) That's my people, okay? Most of the people in the room here. I was going to say, two people in the room here. (laughs) Yeah. Two Latinos. The color of my skin is not my sin, Bridger. (laughs) Dude, you think traffic in San Antonio is bad? Like down there or over there, it is crazy. I got, cool, I got a speeding ticket and I never, I didn't pass a single person driving from Montpelier to Nîmes. All I passed was semis and I got a speeding ticket. Yeah. Wow. You know what's cool about Why? Nîmes? Yeah, it was like a mail-in ticket. Yeah. Oh. Showed yeah. up at my house eight days before cameras it, everywhere. eight days before yeah. it expired. Really? You know what's cool about Nîmes? It's close to Germany. Why is Germany better? Don't even get me started. Really? Oh, like driving in Germany? <laughs> yeah. They have the best. Um, what is those Euro? What? Um, the donut kebabs. Those, yes. The donut th- that's Turkish. So good. And they're really? so good. They're they make, so good. So there's the thing about for all the foodies out there, Italian food in Germany is better than Italian food in Italy in some places. Come on, dude. It's it's crazy because the Italian how the Italian immigrants that come to Germany are just out of control. Which one of those is mine? Homeboy's gonna go get a beer. Heck yeah. So the so the Italians don't live in Italy that make the best food. They're in Germany. Some. I got Like you. you can you can find a hole in the wall pizza place in Germany and it's like a brick oven. Yeah. All There's an Italian stuff. restaurant outside Ramstein. A family owned Italian restaurant's the best. The one outside of uh Launchstuhl, because I spent Lonstool. a lot of time there. It's yeah. Lonstool. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you guys hurt. were in the same I got place at the same time. We were there at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. No, so there's, dude, there's going to be a lot of shooting next year. I'm excited. I just yeah. want this stupid thing to heal so I can get so back to shooting. ask you a question, though, but aren't you like, I mean, aren't you looking forward to uh, to getting it over with so you don't have to deal with the stress of it anymore? Yes and no. Prepping for it and all that bullshit. I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit like a masochist. Yeah. Like, I love the stress. I actually got an email the other day with like all the procedures and everything and I had butterflies in my stomach just reading it. Yeah. So I know it means a lot. Yeah. So I just want to go. I do want to go. Yeah. Shoot, get it over with. I'm done. Yeah. Then all I have to do is just come back to the States and compete for it. Gotcha. But yeah, there's, there's so much going on. Yeah. There's so much going on out there too. Well, that's what I was thinking is you, you know, Paris is going to be a big deal on the, the, the ramp up to it, the work and everything. It's insane. It seems like afterwards I would just be like, Thank the Lord I'm done. No, it's crazy. It's after Paris. We have uh, Pan American Championships. Why? Because they do it every two years. And it happens to fall on the year right after. Yep. And it's going to be somewhere in the States. Hopefully they're... Oh, it's going to be in the United States. They're pushing for Chicago. Gotcha. Chicago ran such a great tournament that they're actually uh, pushing for them to run it again. So if anybody's listening out there and wants to sponsor um, that tournament contact the uh, Northside Archery Club in Chicago. No kidding. Yeah. They're trying to do it there, so I may or may not Is it big enough? Be there. Yeah, I mean they're they're everybody from North and South America will be there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is so, the venue big enough to handle it? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well if it's, if it's Chicago, you know, you're not the yeah. accommodations are gonna be easy. Chicago was sure. awesome, man. Yeah, that's what Chicago's I heard. Chicago's got it going on. Other than the Bears, they're pretty good. <laughs> the Bears suck. God, the Bears suck. <laughs> they are bad. Bridgers bad. So bad. So well, I, yeah. Don't get yeah. started on that. But that's yeah. I'm a Bears fan too. So suck. Shut up. I am. I was I, say, as a Packers I loved fan, them since I was a kid because I was a Walter Payton freak. Yeah, I thought Walter Payton hung the moon. Okay, so we'll we'll venture into sports a little bit because we we're doing this earlier talking about football. But you're a Bears fan. I'm a Bears um, fan. What's his name? Fields. Yeah. You think he's Ohio State. being wasted? Yeah, 100%. He's Coaching. going to be – it goes back to the same – the Cleveland Browns effect. Think yeah. about how many great quarterbacks they've drafted in the last two decades, that, and they've destroyed those careers. Baker Mayfield. Dude, I can name a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's just, and it's terrible to say, but I think the Bears are in the same boat. You I said Justin they, looked really good against the he's a hell Broncos. Broncos. He looked he looked as hey, good as he's looked. Look at the what's his name. Look at what's his name with Texas right now. So you, there's there's an oh, argument Stroud? to that. Or, uh, CJ, uh, uh, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud from Ohio Holy State. Shit, I'm dude. Ohio State guy, of course. But yeah. look at what he's doing with Texas with versus Bryce uh, unquote, Young. Quote unquote horrible poor coaching right now. Versus dude, they're Bryce kind of rolling. Right they're now. rolling right now. Kind of moving along. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm drafting him in my. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going after him in my fantasy leagues because he's getting points. Dude. I have one person right now that I hope I get, and I am so pissed that I did not think of it on Who? Sunday morning when I did all my trades because I swapped around a bunch of stuff. Do you think I'm going to tell you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not playing. He's not even so. playing. Oh, whatever. No, he's in our. He's in my league. I ain't telling him either. You're talking to the I got to wait till Wednesday. You got. You're talking to a guy that had. He's going to see that David Montgomery sitting on his bench. <laughs> That's true. That's 34 points that yeah. I let waste. Well, but anyway, I am very running back week right now. If that tells you anything. No, you're trying to get. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Damn it! Now you're because no, because you're not ahead of me. Adam is the only person yeah. ahead of me on the on the so waiver wire. Is he didn't cook for you? That one person. No, he, no, I already dropped him. Dump him. Dump him. It's funny. Welcome to the archery on hand. We him. also give fantasy advice. 
<laughs> no, Adam is the only person ahead of me on the waiver wire, and yeah. uh, hopefully he's still like up on top of a mountain. Well, you don't know, and he won't tonight. realize oh, he it. He is okay, so he won't realize it until no, you're not. Gonna, it's too late. You're not going to okay. find out until after tonight. No, <laughs> still a game tonight. Yeah, I know. I need. I need because uh, I'm I'm leading right now, but. So far, Bridgers Waller has to not have the ball sack trophy. Dude, I've lost every game. Dude, I've I scored 143 <laughs> points. And he's trying this year. He's actually trying. Exactly. That's I'm in four leagues, dude. The only there. Uh, who's that? Who's uh, Adam scored 150. He's the only person that scored higher than me this week. I yeah. didn't break 100. Except this week. Courtney, she's gonna outscore me because she's only four points back, five points back, and. She's going to outscore me. She has her tight end for the Giants. I didn't break 100, and I still might win tonight. We'll see. see and I've, I've broke sucks. 120 every week. Every week and lost? And lost every week. That sucks. <laughs> this is a PPR league, in case yeah. anybody's wondering. Yeah. I'll tweak it next year. Dude, like, I... <sighs> That sucks. <laughs> I'm all, but I'm so running back week. If I had running back, I'd score 150 plus every week. Yeah. Easy. Really? I'm gaming right now, bro. <laughs> If if Call of Duty was fantasy, Bridger would be the king. Yeah, there you go. That's I don't know about funny. that. I'd still probably be about the same. Yeah. Trash. I had to brag to Courtney the other night. I was playing while, after she got out of the shower. And yeah. Had Bridger. to brag to her that I killed Stop like it there. 12 yeah. people in that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Lots um, of stuff going on, man. Honey Back. season's here, though. Hell yeah, it is. And that's a big thing. Looking at it right now. Well, it's funny because I've got a lot of clients that I was coaching this year in um, release management, and man, they've been killing some big bull elk out west. Dude, we had the we, amount of for, people killing elk this year. For, for, I was gonna say for the amount of uh, uh, clients you had that didn't draw tags, yeah. we have had a pile of customers kill elk. Guys kill big had guys. multiple people kill yep. their first elk. Yep. Uh, Tons. That one gal or that one young gal that Ken is coaching, yeah, I think she we, killed one. Yeah, the store posted it on their Instagram that yeah. she killed that oh, her yeah, first that, bull elk. That young girl, elk, yep, yeah. that was the first animal she killed with a bow. Yeah, nice. And went after an elk. That's crazy. Had a had a heck. So of I'm going to be the first devil's advocate since I've been drinking going into this. What's the number one bow that people are using? Killing all this, elite era. It's probably the elite era. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that hunting bow of the year. Without a doubt, I think there's so, not even yeah. a close one. I think I think the next closest for us is the the Maverick, or not the Maverick, but the uh, Veracity. For us as a shop, anyways. for us as a shop, it is. I think overall it is, but I'm not like to the general public yeah, because yeah. most people well, don't have access. I'm going to tell you, bow. general public, a lot of is the, the, the the general public, the elite era is the best bow on the market. Period. Yeah. If anybody says anything different, I will challenge him. Get in the podcast. I'll invite you in the show. We'll debate it. Because it's horse crap. There's that bow is hitting every number. Challenge extended, eight three zero four six nine. The phase four. You know, I don't know. You know, something. I'm not not bashing Matthews because you know now that I'm not. I don't mean I don't have a dog in the fight anymore. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand. You know the this the eight limb thing with the the dampener is cool, and I will tell you that bow is stupid quiet, phenomenal. And we shot that customer the other day. He brought it in, and I was like. Wow, this thing doesn't make any sense. So I'm glad you went into that. We were talking a little bit earlier. But, but real quick, it. but real quick, why the hell would you put it on your target bow? I mean, do you, Bridger, you, you're a tuner. Do you think that's going to help the tune of a target bow? I mean, is it going to help the bow or is it, or is it a non-issue? It's not going to hurt it. It's not going to hurt it. Dude, yeah. it's a new it's a new product, so why wouldn't yeah. you sell it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited about that, especially with this elbow injury. Yeah. To try out. I've got a title oh, on the way to try. Bro, 
It's soft. And it and if it Dude, those, doesn't those bows feel yeah, soft. Great. I'm you know, I've I've been shooting elite since you've known me. Yeah. I've uh, done the the best scores ever with elite. But I'm excited to try something new. Yeah. I always thought Matthews were like six cylinder Mustangs. Every high school girl's got one. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm excited. I will say this. I'm excited my, for this. In my opinion, the number two row behind the the elite era, I believe, is the the PSE Fortis. Yeah. A, the Fortis is a good well with the EC2 with the EC2 yeah mm-hmm. I, too many cam selections of course and I always bitch about that with PSE but well, that EC2 cam on that Fortis platform is an absolute hammer and even for us we hell we as a shop we ordered everything as EC2 yeah Every yeah, every everything. all the PSE it's the offerings. best camera in the market. Dude, now, it's it's them. so easy to shoot. It's yeah. fast enough. It's not like a. It's not as fast as the E three or the E two and the yeah. S two that they have. But man, for how much easier it is to shoot, it's worth giving up ten feet per second. And that's like that's the big thing. Are people chasing the speed or is it forgivability? On yeah. The it, now, if you're a dude that if you're a twenty seven inch draw guy that shoots fifty five to sixty pounds. Yeah, what the hell? Go ahead and shoot the shoot the S two. Yeah. Shoot the smaller right. cam. You'll right. be fine Which with it. What, like but two seventy. Yeah, but if you're a seventy pound yeah. shooter, like shoot the EC two, like mm-hmm. it, you're losing five to ten feet per second, depending on where you're at in the cam and depending on what bow you're going with. Yeah, it's a little bit more with the the Omen because the draw or the brace height changes. Um, the Fortis, it's only like seven to twelve feet, I yeah. think, depending yeah. on where you're depending at on where the you're cam. At the cam. Yeah. Like it's for how much easier it is to shoot. Like the accuracy change between the two, like. I'd much rather be going 10 feet slower and hit where I'm aiming nine out of 10 times than be going faster and hit it five out of 10 times. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you look down, you look up and down the lineups after that. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, Hoyt didn't do anything this year. The Ventum Pro is a Ventum. I don't know. Dude, no the difference. VTM does feel good. The, Tate, VTM, the, the Tate Ventum was still his, a good bow. Dude, the, Tate had his 80-pounder. I was talking from, about from, well, from I think the, where, the, where everybody where came was. from. It, it wasn't was, that yeah. big of a change. No. The, the VTM 34 is a better bow than the, the Venom Pro 33, whatever it was. It's not a huge change, but it does yeah. feel better. Yeah, I agree. It is a better shooting bow. But um, Yeah, but I, I will say for at least in, down here in this market, and you're looking at it on the tour side of it too, mm-hmm. um, I think Darton has made the biggest strides to, to the close biggest the splash, gap, yeah. to close the gap between where they were to where they're sitting at today. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody says. I've heard it from two very, very reputable archers that have been in this industry a long time that have bought. I sent one of the guys one of the bows that they had, and they said that the that veracity is arguably the most accurate bow the guy's ever shot. Dude, You've been it, in this industry a long time. I mean, you've heard me talk about it. I loved my RX-1. I, you saw me shoot some insane scores insane. with it. I killed a lot of shit with it. Yeah. I love that veracity. That is the best shooting bow I've had since that one, and it's as good or better shooting. It's faster than it, and it's four inches longer. 100%. <laughs> well, and the one thing I'll Three say about longer. the dark side of things is that they are not winning a, what do they call it? They're not winning a, it's not a beauty, a beauty contest. contest. It's they're a, definitely, dude, it's, they're it's not winning, a they're not winning the, the, all the features contests. Their Exodus looks actually pretty appealing. Dude, their target bows are hot. Their target bows are amazing. It, it lost the, the Lego look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smooth. Which, yeah. I mean, the, the veracity has that, but it's it's just a super simple cam system. It's easy to shoot. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it is it is mildly aggressive in order to get the speed that it does. But if if you're at all of an active shooter or at least like, so like know to stay aggressive. at full, not, not even that, like maybe no. 50% of that. Yeah. Like as long as you're smart enough to like, pull against it to stay at full draw it'll hit behind the pin every time yeah it is exactly. a phenomenal shooting bow yeah uh, that's one I, I think they're probably 
going to make some I don't know they're 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 the both close the gap the most between yeah. where they were yesterday and where they are today I mean 100 sure. when when Darton got bought out and Randy bought it my first thought was what are you thinking dude? I thought it was I thought it was insane yeah I told him like I said, this you, this company you is literally dead. lost your brain yeah why don't you go after um what's that other company that went went under um Shit. Oh, Martin? Pearson, Pearson, no. Pearson, Pearson. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I did like love the look Pearson. of their target bow. They were nice. I always thought it looked really they, cool. Yeah, they were just smooth. Pearson actually was a good bow. Yeah, back in the day, they, but the what Pearson Randy, spoiler was the bomb, bro. What Randy has done with Black Eagle and Darton, shoot, and Conquest. That dude needs to win like Entrepreneur of the Decade, at least He's, for archery stuff. Yeah. yeah, for archery stuff for sure. He should be ATA president. <laughs> Uh, and that's no, not the, the that's not the sailor jerry's talking no that's but he's done he's done a lot their bows are fantastic um i'm excited to try their target bow you know yeah. what the biggest you all the biggest thing for them i think and looking at their where they're at is i hate to say this but getting an archery shop to give them a shot is oh, yeah. is the key and i don't think there's enough dealers out there enough people have access to their bows unless mm-hmm. they go and shoot an asa event where they can go shoot them yeah and that's what sucks. But I, and I will tell you, and I have no problem saying this publicly, and I don't think Randy will have a problem. If you're a businessman and you're looking at making money, um, the way Randy has structured his profitability metrics for his equipment for those bows, yeah, um, you can literally buy two of his bows for the same money you're buying one from any of the major top three guys. Mm-hmm. And it's, then on top of that, then you look at it this way: then you and his where he is at on his margins. So it's, um, it's and I'm not going to say what they are, but it's, it's the only bow you make money off of the bow 100%. in the bow sale. In the bow yeah. sale, yeah. The other bows are lost leaders to get into the accessories and the service side of it where you make your money. He is giving dealers a chance to go out there and make money on the bows. And I can tell you, I know of two dealers personally. One is a good friend of mine. I'm not going to say who it is, but he, but went, we in all know. he went in and cut <laughs> out a major, big major player mm-hmm. and literally said, I've got half the outlying cash, half my money is still in my bank account now. I'm making the same amount of money. Well, and I'm but he admitted it. I'm you, selling less bows. Yeah. You but make but money. you make the same amount of money on the guy that comes in and buys a whole new bow Correct. with all new setup. Whole setup. Correct. As you do the guy that comes in and says, "Oh, I got all this decked out stuff on my bow here. I want to just trade my bow in, yeah, get a new bow, stuff. pull all my equipment off, put yep. it on a new yeah. bow." You make the same amount of money on both those guys. Correct. Correct. Unless you sell the guy that's buying a new brand new setup of Dart, obviously, right. but right. like with a flagship series bow in that sale, you make the same amount of money as you do with right. a guy trading all his equipment in yep. or trade or swapping his equipment to a new bow. No doubt. Normally that sale, it's, you know, a couple hundred, couple hundred bucks. And yeah. that's yeah. about it. Absolutely. No, there's no doubt. He's, he's doing the right thing. And I think it's kind of cool because he's trying to reset the market a little bit, try to help out the dealers because let's be honest, coming out of this now as an owner, an ex-owner and you know, I've said it before, I hated the retail side of this business. I mean, mm-hmm. no, and I have no problem saying this publicly now that we are archery unhinged. Um, I, the manufacturers, they don't give two shits about you. They just don't. No, it's, got, it's hard it's, to deal with. It is a, it, some of them are it's tough a to dog eat dog world. They will open up a shop down the street from you. If the guy will write a big PO, they just, you know, and I come from a world in an era, you know, being at 55 years old and been in this industry. since I was a kid. God, you're old. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> but I, I came from that era though, where we, I, I'll never forget. I was in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And we had seven archery shops that, and each of those seven carried the, their anchor brand. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If you wanted a Matthews, you went to Sugar Creek Archery. You wanted yeah. a Hoyt, you went to Triangle Archery. If you wanted a PSE, you went to Bellbrook. I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody was had good. their. And so if you wanted to go Triangle, you were driving to seven places. Yeah. But it kept seven archery shops viable. In business. In business. Correct. And all now that loyalty and, and all that That's stuff gone. doesn't exist as dollar signs, no. man. No. Well, and I remember like with Matthews and their dealer protection program is probably <clears> the closest <throat> relationship I have to that until I came right. start working for you. Like, like they it used to be, they what they had like miles. a fifty mile radius 50 mile or radius. something. Yeah, which is, I mean, now I mean, fifty miles is long effing ways. Like twenty twenty to twenty five seems reasonable, but like even now that like that doesn't exist. Well, fifty fifty in a, Scott's house now. I was going to yeah. say fifty in a metropolitan area is could be that's an like hour the whole city. Drive. Yeah. Well, that's a whole city, but I mean that like I mean obviously there'd be things where you could kind of you know case by case yeah. stuff with it, but. I remember when you know work when I was work helping out in Wisconsin, like small archery shop in Oshkosh, they had carried Matthews, and all of a sudden Shields opens up twenty miles up the road, and they're selling bows for two hundred dollars cheaper. Oh yeah, who do you think's getting all the bow sales? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That's what sucks about the whole market of this, as far as the retail side goes, is that you know I've been in you know prior life other industries that I've been in, um, and I have a very good friend of mine who runs multiple markets he's in he has three businesses he's got an archery shop he's got a bike shop and he's got a running shoe shop and when i talking with him he was talking about yeah he wants out of archery now because now that he's bought these other two companies he's like you know these manufacturers work for me correct Mm -hmm. they're they're holding the line on competitive on the competitive market being he's the guy that's carrying that brand and that brand only versus you working for they're calling him like right now a good example have I don't think any manufacturer is calling any shop right now saying, hey, what do we got to do to help you boost sales? Let's just, let's just run a promotion. We'll not give you a big credit if you sell so many bows. Mm-hmm. This guy is getting phone calls from the bike companies. He's getting the phone calls from this running shoe company saying, hey, let's run a big promotion. Let's run a big sale. And they're trying to boost business into his shop yeah. because they've got so much vested yeah. there. Virtual yeah. shops now, man, I'm telling you. Versus, hey, by the way, your payment's due in 30 days. Uh, <laughs> exactly. uh, oh, you have that Bro. customer's warranty work. Um, yeah. We can't work we on can't that until we yeah. receive a payment on those bows. Yeah, like, all those bows that we pre-sold you, uh, yeah, you know, we we oversold you on our it pre-sale. And they, you, did, you sold three of them. Are the ones that, accessory manufacturers are the ones that work with you the most. Um, yeah, some of them they oh, do. Dude, like yeah. I love working with QAD. I literally call yeah. them and say, "Hey, I got a rest that blew up. Okay, here's an RA. Boom, we'll send you a new we'll rest out new. now." Like I, yeah, I pulled one off the shelf for the guy. Okay, cool. Yeah, here's a new one. Right. I work for mo- and most accessory guys are like that. Most like, of them are. I don't work for, but I work with Athlon Optics, and you guys know that. You know, good optics, mm-hmm. everything. But oh, I called them the other day, and I was like, "Hey, man, I got this person that I think would be a great, a great sign." Twenty minutes later sign this person to to their staff they were all about helping me because that person is going to promote my business promote them and do this stuff and right. i see that a lot more from the accessory companies than from the actual bow manufacturers which sucks in our industry it does it's, i just i just watched well, that i'm gonna tell you what is happening and what it's doing it is helping perpetuate this problem with online archery sales and it's getting worse i mean you've seen it i'm on the direct i've seen oh, it direct, oh, the direct to consumer yeah. it is and I never believed it. I've had a bunch of guys in the industry that have been around a long time, longer than I've owned a shop, yeah. and they would always tell me the biggest threat to our industry right now is online sales, yeah. online sales, online sales. And I never thought about it, but until COVID happened and the amount, you know, you taught an entire generation to. of old people that typically stayed away from the internet. Yeah. 
They're all shopping on Amazon now. Oh, every dude. single one of them. Every, well, every company that you go to, the majority of them, not everyone, but the majority, there's other stuff going on. It's not just a bow shop. You can buy and pay on Klarna. You can buy and pay on... There's all these other credit companies that... Have, oh, yeah. You know, they've, they've tied in with these bow manufacturers that you don't need a bow shop anymore. Well, and some of that's the bow shop's fault, too, because we're not doing a good enough job of saying, okay, well, you brought XYZ product in, XYZ product in to uh, have us set up. Like, you're also paying us for our expertise. Correct. Like, That's what people you don't, don't understand. Well, yeah, and like you don't you don't take a part to your you don't take a part to your uh, uh, car mechanic tab and, and say, hey, install bro. it and expect not to pay anything. Right, that's true. Like, so you know, it's funny you say that because one thing I was one thing is weird about our industry, and I don't know I don't know if what's right or wrong with this answer. Maybe this is a good topic of discussion, but bring it. If you go and pull a QAD rest off the shelf. Mm-hmm. The MSRP price on that or the map price, minimum of advertised pricing, this is say it's 199 bucks. That 199 that that QAD suggestion we sell it for is the price to go buy that that mm-hmm. that uh, that rest. And whether you buy it on Amazon, whether mm-hmm. you buy it on 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 you know at your local shop, or whether you go to Academy and buy it, let's say, should there be a separate installation charge if somebody pulls it off your shelf? Oh. And says and says, "Hey, I need you to install this on my bow and tune it." Mm-hmm. Should there be a fifty or seventy-five dollar upcharge to have us put that on? Because here's the deal: he could pull that rest off, pay for it, and walk out the door and do it himself. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, if, if, so, and that's that's I think where the where the where the the disconnect is because I think there's a perceived expectation. They walk into your shop and they buy that and understand QAD is not made the MSRP or the map pricing, they have not predicated that price off the fact, hey, this is your MSRP price and guess what? You get to install it too for free. Well, and I think the beauty of that is I think most, and like us included, I can say us because I still work at the shops and I mean, yes, yeah. you do too. Do too. Like we charge a little bit more for that rest because it does include that price. Yeah. So yeah, you could walk into Bass Pro and buy, buy QID HDX or baseline baseline main market rest right. for 120 bucks right but when you come into our shop we charge you 170 bucks for it but which, you're, which but if different. you buy it for 120 bucks there and bring it into our shop i'm going to charge you 75 dollars to have that thing it. installed and yeah. tuned yeah. because our expertise is worth a worth of a certain amount of money well, yeah. there's there's a different thing to that that i just thought about but I'll talk to you guys offline because it might be a million dollar question. What? Million no. dollar answer. <laughs> so we'll, we might revisit that on the next podcast. But there is. Um, well, but the, when you take when you take a part, let's say you buy a BMW, and you go and get your car serviced, the mechanics there, what's the number one thing that they have to do in order to work on your car? They have to be uh, certified. Yeah. Uh, so they have yeah. that certification. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the well, big problem in our we industry. Well, every swinging dick that's shot a deer, bro, it's the same and it's got thing with money. Will open an archery shop. Everything, at least in the San Antonio market, it's Botex. It's retarded. It's coaches. Everybody, everybody can go. Why? Why can't you say we're unhinged, Scott? Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> Ralphie May said it the best. The well, I, you know, it's, fun, it, it's funny, and it's funny you say that because you know we just had a conversation with a, I had a conversation with another guy the other day about Don't the fact it. that we've got this lady here locally. That's literally got two years worth of experience in archery. Two years, and is I think a level two or level three coach. Has only been shooting herself a year, 
and is teaching people how to shoot. Brother, there's there's level four that's coaches disgusting. out there. There's level four coaches out oh, there that have never broken six hundred. Don't get me started on that. So it's a it's a different thing. Well, we'll I mean we'll, that, we'll is, that is that is like well okay so on that same line who who do you think would be in charge of setting in the setting a a certification would well, it be a manu- would it be a manufacturer thing to where we go back to one bow shop or one bow for a bow shop or one brand for a bow shop you know what or is that like an ata brand so, thing i will tell you to answer that question back in the day and you probably were a member you might remember this because it probably happened at the tail end or the tail end of it was happening when you got into archery but there used to be hoyt Still a school. There was. there was the PSC yeah, school, yeah. the Matthews school. When I, when right. I was and you first had to be accredited Matthews had yes, yep. at that f- facility. But it was easier when you knew that that shop carried Matthews and that shop carried yeah, Hoyt when it was and that one, shop carried PSC. One bone ramp per shop. Exactly. Yeah. So if, but if, now you've got one shop that might carry five. Mm-hmm. And are you going to send that one technician to five? And I think the reason that broke down was when the manufacturers started allowing that to happen. Well, think about it. The one technician goes to five different schools and now he's got... You know, and I'd be, I'd be worried if I was a Matthews, I'd be saying, hey, this guy's been already been to Hoyt PSC school. And if I was PSC, be thinking, hey, is he going to the Matthews school and telling them what he learned over here? Because there's a lot of proprietary information being traded in those information. The archery is so small. There is no proprietary <laughs> insider <laughs> secrets getting traded between yeah. Bowtechs on what makes their bows better no, or worse than somebody else. No, you know what they do, else. according to the uh, the latest like Matthews rollout, they, they take a picture of a reckoning and say, hey. <laughs> I'm joking. Totally joking. You merge a reckoning in a, in a TRX. Well, but yeah. like a company, we've been doing that forever. We've been but mixing and matching and crossbreeding but still, back in the day, since the I will 90s, tell you, man. back in the day in the 80s and 90s, it was a very hush-hush, top secret, skunk works, black Not ops anymore. type world. It's the internet. Yeah, the internet. But here's, God, here's the thing. We don't have, I don't think consumer. we have that anymore. No, I don't think we do personally no, like everybody knows everything like obviously there's going to be some some revolutionizing stuff that comes out but yeah where everything is so protected with patents you say that you say that but i will i will give you an example of how where i was shocked this year i mean shocked when um because i knew advice. some of well no i knew some of what elite was going to do with their new bow yeah and dude, when they rolled the carbon out, I about crapped. I was like, "Holy!" Did not expect that. You mean when Snyder rolled out the carbon? And that, yeah, and that was literally kept really quiet. Yeah, no one. But they seen did that great. Coming. They oh, did dude. really good. It's, yeah, but, but I mean, here's but, the thing. But, but like to your build, point, I building agree with a you. carbon riser ro- carbon riser bow is not like a. Oh my God! Like that, nobody so else is doing been around that for a long time. Yeah, dude, yeah. we've been doing that since 2012. Yeah, doing yeah. that for 10 we've years. Been doing that since 99. Yeah, that the 90s when PSC started out with the carbon rising. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, but to the to the certification point, Lisa, you're new into archery. Mm -hmm. Bridger's got a certification from. Let's say you, what board are you shooting right now? Right now, the PSC citation. You're shooting a PSC citation. Bridger's certified by PSC Matthews Hoyt. Scott's just a regular bow tech. Who do you want working on your bow based on what you think is good? Bridger. Exactly. So that that would be a great thing to get people to kind of, um, I don't know, excuse that extra $50, $60 upcharge on working on their bow by a certified tech. And I think we need that back in archery than just Billy Bob opening up a shop and saying, I, dude, you're preaching to the choir. I no, mean, I'm I preaching to everybody. I mean, Let's, I know you, you know, LFG, uh, bro. So part of my whole thing leaving the shop was, and I have actually talked to a lot of people about this. And Bridge, I don't think I've even talked to you about it. So this would be kind of, um, but no, I have been approached by, <laughs> I've had the idea to say, hey, you know what? 
since I'm no longer tied to a shop, let's and I'm 55. I won't die in the next 10, 15 years. Shut up. Why, why, uh, why Bro, take all this crap with my brain? You're gonna live over 100. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so my point of being is this: is that okay? Let's go build and, and create an accredited program for boat technician school. You're, so now here's the thing: there is one in, already in the country, and I'm not gonna name who it is. There's one out there. There, yeah. but I've talked to four very, very reputable reps who know and are part and, and know them in that company, and I've heard from all four of them said the same thing: "Bro, you've forgotten more about archery than those guys know." I was about and to like, say, and like to be able to to put together an accreditation program and actually make it, and then yeah, it could be your own accreditation. You've got to do it legit, though. Agreed, but teach and educate. You've got to have a structure. You've got to have a curriculum. A hundred percent. If you're going to do one thing, you got to do right. acid, bro. Don't half acid. Right. But my point is, is that I'm, I'm actually working towards doing something like that. No, he's not. 2020, any ideas. 2025. I can't do it in a year. Yeah. To create the, the program, the curriculum, what it entails, what everything is going to be taught. And dude, I've talked to some people about it and they're like, uh, yeah, when, how sign me up, I want to be a part of it. And I think that it could be something really big because Right now, Bridget, you've seen it in our market alone in San Antonio. We get these multimillionaires that open an archery shop because they have nothing else better to do. Mm-hmm. And you get a guy who, I mean, how many times have we seen a, I had a guy go the other day. I don't forget who did it, but he put a whisker biscuit on the front of the rest upside down. Now, I'm not kidding you. It came oh, in, yeah. it came in as a left-handed whisker biscuit that he turned over and no. put it on the front side. No. Of, bro, I swear to oh, God. dude, I've, no. You know how many times and I've I, seen I, that I, I at Shield? <laughs> just about died. I was like, who set this up for you, dude, for real? You know, and there are shops out there doing that. Yeah, but I will I will back you up on that. You see anybody with an LEA shirt out there, your your pro staff from the last six years to now, you could talk to them. We've all learned from you, not just how to shoot, but how to work on your own gear, how to tune your bow, how to troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's a, and it's 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 more of a I hate to say it, but it's an art. It's not more just a. It's. It, I was gonna say it's hard to just like have a set curriculum. It is because it's it's so situational. Correct. But okay, but back up. Bridget and I are probably two of the because I've never seen this before. You know, our Bridger and I's Dremel tools are always oh, on. Bro. Our hammers are always out. I you mean, fuckers have rubbed off will, on me. We will. We work on stuff. There's nothing we don't fix. Literally. I mean, I have. I've straightened cams before. I mean, I just, literally. I just ordered one of those Dremel presses that you. Yeah. Bring down. Yeah, that bro. Yeah. So my point is, is that I hate to say this, but you know this, Deaton. There's nothing you don't. You know, you never were taught that. I wasn't ever no. taught it. It's trial just, and error. It's 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 intuitive. Just figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. You figure it out. You look yeah. at it and go. Yeah, I can fix that. Wait, remember we did it for Kevin's cam. He had a we had a guy that's brought in this Raven dude, mm-hmm. and he blew it up. I fired it, and his cam was folded over into the camp cam track. And I looked at him like, ah, I bet I can might be able to fix it. You know, get this guy shooting again. He's getting ready to go on a big elk hunt. Put it in a press. So I I put it in there and and put it in a vice. Yep. Filed out that up. groove, yeah. got the sandpaper, the ultra fine, and got it smooth enough. He's he shot it for what two weeks? Smooth enough that we changed the cam out, and he didn't shoot the fixed cam at all. Yeah, exactly. If Raven is listening, I mean, yeah. dude, you're you're the big E word, so you've got the science and the degree behind it. Yeah, well, and but it's, a lot of us, you know, Bridger's got the street smarts per se. Red oh, engineer, he's got that. I fix more helicopters with a Gerber and a roll of duct tape <laughs> than I well, care to. 
admit. But I mean, like, I mean, I it's the argument smart. I always bring back to it is nobody can go to golf. Nobody can go to Golf Galaxy and buy Rory's clubs. Correct. No. Nobody should be able to go to Bass Pro it's or unique. any pro shop and buy my shit. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. You got to buy yours. the same stuff, but it's not going to be the same. Well, yeah. it's just you know, there's a little tuning but, trick, and I don't care telling it over there. Go for it. But Bridger did this one. He actually helped. Help I, I learned this from I him. assume it was the, the prime thing. The prime thing. Dude, they were going to come out with a, a system for that. So what's funny, you know what's weird, is that you showed me, so I don't, just real quick, cable load pressure is a big deal in, in archery tuning. And Prime's mm-hmm. uh, carbon fiber cable guard was not reacting the way it's supposed to, basically, yeah, the, with the screw system. The, the riser was so stiff, there wasn't enough flex in it, that it, yeah. you always had a right tear with uh, a couple set of, or single the last handful of sets of the parallel, Three or, four one, years, or the yeah. parallel cam, cam yeah. bows. So Bridger right created, tear. he took a clamshell one time, which is a packaging material mm-hmm. from a rest, and cut out a little shim and folded it, trifolded it, so it creates about you know, a sixteenth of an inch, thirty thousand. It wasn't even that. I like thou. had two pieces stacked on top yeah. of each other. It was like thirty or forty thou. Yep. And but just, just stack shove that, it in there. Yeah, just stack that underneath the deal. So it would add just the smallest amount of cable pressure, push those cables but a little bit further man, the, out of the way, of turn the riser, and it would clean up your arrow flight like instantaneously. Immediately. So There's, I actually I actually had a meeting with them that year as you showed me that, I went to their prime dealer conference. You know, we got recognized as their number one dealer in the country that year. And this has been two years ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. You showed me about two years ago. This, I think it was when they came out with the blacks. Correct. So I went up there and drew on a napkin, come up with a shim kit with three, four different sizes. What is it with you and drawing shim? 10 thou, 20 thou, 30 thou, 40 thou. Give me four different shims to I'm work with. Tack veins. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you give me give me those shim kits and yeah. I can, and you guys can sell it with the bow. It's a piece of plastic. It costs you pennies and a dollar. Nothing. Crickets. Yep. I mean, it, I so we, how we many, continue how to many this bows day. We how many fix bows did uh, How many bows did we fix that way? Hundreds. Dude, no, like I do it on a lot of. I do it on all of those now. I so, have to. Oh, dude, I remember learning from Henry Bass the with the apex stuff. If you had a left hair with the apex, <laughs> yeah. take the old, put a washer on the front on the front screw of the, yep. the roller guard, and nothing on the back, and it'll just kick it in. You just remember the, the remember the Matthews Triumph? I think it was. We used to use McDonald's straws. Limbs. McDonald's straws, put them in the freaking limb Stuff pockets. Stuff them in the limbs. Stuff yeah. them in the limb pockets. Just ship limb pockets over and do it. Work to catch Let's go newer. The elite verdict. I started drawing that back and noticing my stabilizer canted off to the right. You Hardcore. 10 degree and offset. So, nope, nope, nope. Even easier than that. You know those little uh, black washers that Bee Stinger sells with their uh, yeah, weights? Yeah, yeah. I took two of those, cut them in half, JB welded them together glued it, it glued it sorry spanish coming out <laughs> glued, it, glued, <laughs> glued it it uh glued it to uh, it. the half of another one of those washers yeah put it in my stabilizer so now my stabilizer when the bow is sitting down is canted off to the left but when i'm at full draw straight as my arrow <laughs> that's hilarious it's it's crazy just little things that i've learned it from is. you guys to just keep things no. not stock it's absolutely crazy is that a big axis out there not a big one but uh a, a decent one a spotted oh i see it yeah, yeah, well. see that one bit Oh, they're about to start coming out. Yeah. So now we have access out here, folks. And if you guys can see them, you probably actually had a black buck out here the other day. Are you kidding me? Nope. 100%. Buck? Yeah. With horns? Yeah. Not very tall? No, he was he was still brown. He hadn't rutted. Oh. And you didn't shoot him? I wasn't here. Oh. He was on my camera. He was on your camera. Gotcha. I yeah. can't. I'm oh, not allowed to. Tavansky's running a game farm out here. It's I am not allowed to. Look how beautiful he looks. He's looking right up here. Oh, yeah. He's a little 30, 27, 28 no, no. Dude, that thing is like 24. And there they go. 
They'll come back. They'll look, look at him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna come back anyway. Jason out here disturbing the wild. Yeah, they're fine. So, anyways, yeah. Meanwhile, the, um, Scott's sitting right in front of my uh, my Colorado buck. Yeah, let me tell you guys, fifty three yards break the shot in the heart. Did not expect it's to like, hit behind the eye. Dude, the coolest thing about that is so we're Have looking at Jason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you showed me. Looking at Jason's here. zero mount from his mule. Have you seen it, Lisa? No, I'm not. So the, uh, grab that the, show to her. Behind the, the if, if, if you look in the back of the skull, you can see the broadhead like embedded. Look through that hole. So it's right there. And then you can look underneath in see where that? the, the oh, hole is for the, the spinal column. You can like oh, see the broadhead in there. That dude went five feet. See it in there? Well, yeah, because yeah, he was five feet tall. That's, so That's cool. how far he fell. <laughs> Broadhead in the side of it. That's so bad, eh? Slick trick. Uh, not. It's actually that's it's a, a wicked trick. So that's the arrow and the mm-hmm. broadheads over here on the right side. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's nice. Cool. I love that. That's that beautiful, so cool. beautiful four by four, four by three. Really. But anyways, no. Back to that. Yes, the accreditation by the manufacturers will be a big deal. Will go a long way with helping us control. The amount of shops that are opening haphazardly, and then you know, and then what you talked about a second ago, Jason. Too, the other thing is, is and I don't care what anyone says, this is a big problem, and USA Archer is perpetuating this problem with the coaching. Yeah, yeah. There's how many coaches are there in the line? I think it's four thousand. A lot. It's a lot. And but it's there's it's no crazy. way that should happen. So I'm a level three coach. I can actually back that up now. When I got my level three. I had no business. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blatantly honest. You took the test. And I took passed the, test. the test. I went through the course. I went through the week. I learned a lot. But now that I've been there and had the experience, yeah, I can back up at level three. Yeah. Um, but now Dude. they're charging people to keep that level three. What? You have to pay a yearly fee to keep that level three. Every year? I mean, I'm, okay, so I'm, you don't more, mind me I'm more happy with that than just letting How much is it? Never it's, not bad. it's like a hundred bucks. I'd rather have the, I'd rather have somebody that is willing to commit a hundred dollars to say they're accredited to yeah. something That's than just anybody and up. everybody saying like oh yeah here's fifty bucks and I got my accreditation or however much it costs I don't yeah. remember what the course yeah. is but yeah I mean, like paying a one time fee and having it forever level four is all online now what it's not in front of Kissick Lee anymore no oh wow no and I've I've met Kissick I've I've had some good conversations with him a lot of people get a bad impression of him but. I think he's a pretty good guy. It's his way. He's got his own. He's got his own way. He's Korean. Yeah. If yeah. you've if you've ever been to Korea and you've met a legit successful Korean, yeah, yeah, they've done it right, and you are wrong. Yeah, that's okay. just the way it is. So, Shot a seven hundred blind one time. One one handed with a mouth tab. <laughs> no, a lot of stuff going on out there, man. The the whole accreditation thing for working on bows, I think that would revolutionize the industry. It put a lot of shops maybe not so much out of business, but it would be it'd I be interesting it to see what happens. I really think it would boost shops because shops can now advertise, hey, we have Botex that are certified in all you these things. The thing is you Scott, we like they don't have to be as accredited as us. No. To the same level. Like no. Hell, the accreditation program right? could could be, okay, grab a bow off the shelf. You have an archer that's a twenty, you know, X what twenty X whatever inch yeah. draw length. This is what they're trying to kill. This is the equipment. Like, set that bow up for yeah. Well, you know, you know what kills me though is what's weird about it is like we had that guy come in the other day. We had a guy come in with an elite era, mm-hmm. and he's complaining. He can't shoot it. He's you know he can't group it. He's getting frustrated. I'm like, dude, you have one of the best bows on the planet Earth. So unless the bow is twisted and not doing any, it's not right. There's something wrong. 
you know, and he bought it at a, in a competitor shop. And I've always remember that guy. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was set up an yep. inch and a half too short. Oh, yeah. I mean, an inch and a half, a dude. Because when I looked at the guy, I looked at the guy, I drew his bow back to check everything, check yeah. timing. When I drew it back, I got back and it was like, boom. And it was like an inch and a half too long for him. Like, I look at the dude. He's like six foot. No, this is dude. And I look down, I look at him. I'm like, bro, this is simple. This draw length's way too short for you. Oh, no, they told me it's the right one. And me and Bridger went, I think you were with me. We measured him. Mm-hmm. And he measured like at 28 and a half or something. Yep. And it was yeah. at 27. Yeah, I think it was because I you mean, can you can go back to 2017. <laughs> How did I know I was going to stay at his shop? I brought in a brand new bull that I paid thirty six hundred dollars for for the whole setup. <laughs> not in time, not tuned. The rest was on crooked, like Dave Cousins style, <laughs> just completely effed up. And Scott pulled it back one time. He's like, all right, dude, you're out of time. This and this and this. And this. There's shops out there that are just it's unbelievable. They're, they're stealing people's money. Mm hmm. That's just the way it is. Well, and it, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's when it's a passion project type thing for yeah. some people. And yeah. Versus, Making money, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, uh, I mean, well, it's obviously for us, it's for us, it's a passion thing, but. 100% because you're a competitor, you're a competitor. No, it's just we but, love the sport. And correct. that's the other, that's one thing. I said this forever. And I, you can go back to listen to all of our podcasts. I think when, whenever we get on the subject, I always talk about this. Ask your damn owner if he shoots his bow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was my litmus test. When I was the regular consumer, I went around to shops and, hey, man, do you shoot still? Do you shoot competitively or do you hunt? Oh, you, you don't? Do you shoot 3D? Yeah, no, never I'm mind. I'm walk back out the door. Yeah. Well, or I'll buy something from him and to take home else. and do it on my own. But I tried to find the shop that was still an active participant in the sport of archery. Yeah. The problem is, is that I believe that 75% of the archery shops out there are guys that have been in this industry for 10, 15, 20 years. They know how to screw a rest on, bore sight it, in other words, you know, look down the middle and say, okay, you're ready to go. And they're not active participants in this sport, so they don't keep up with the technological changes that are going on. They're still stuck in the 90s. Yeah, dude, they're cool. Do you know how many guys don't know how and what um, the Matthews, uh, what they call it, the center shot? No, the. Oh, the top hat? The top hat systems. You know how many shops literally do not know that that's how, even how a thing? Right with the top hats. It blows my mind. And honestly, I'll give Matthews credit. Yeah. That is the best. It's easy. Most efficient shimming system, I think, yeah. one of the best out there. 100% with, easy. From all the con- contributions they've given to archery. That like is that a big one. one of the best ones. One of the best ones. Without, without a doubt. Because all the different renditions that have come off of that between... Like P or Prime, oh, ha- Prime has Prime, their PSC's new ones. PSC's yep. new yeah. uh, Eclipse or their E-clip little one. shim Hoist snap on ones. The red and the black. And, oh, I'm I mean, telling you, Matthews with that, I, yeah. I, I will tell everybody the That's same thing. The, if you can't tune a Matthews with their with their shim quit. system, you need to quit. Go find another job. If I, if I ever see if I ever see a guy grab a wrench to tune a Matthews, I know he's not. He's he doesn't know what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, exactly. And, Dude, I, and that's like what I'm saying. So my be me. My, my point being, though, is that you, we see it a lot here just in one market. So I look at San Antonio market and let's go to Houston. Let's go to, to Dallas. Let's go to, you know, to Oklahoma City. Let's go to these big places. If you look at it, it's amazing how many shops may not know what that is really for and how it should be used to help that bow. Well, you got to look at the shops and see who's running them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what you were talking about, people that shoot. Like if I'm, if I'm in Colorado... I'm probably going to go to Bear Creek or No Limits because I know mm-hmm. uh, Steve Marsh is out of Bear yep. Creek. That guy knows his Pellegrino is good too, man. Bill Pellegrino is amazing. That, that guy's, guy's been, been around he's forever. He's always dirt like me. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been around, around forever. forever. If I'm in Utah, I know where I'm going to go. Things like that. You got to you got to find a shop where the people are relevant, not someone that's stuck in the 
shooting a Browning. And I mean, I hate to say it, but they're one step above Bass Pro and Academy. 100%. Or Dick Sporting goes. They're just one step above it. Slightly. And it's just, that is the problem with our industry, though. That's where the accreditation stuff comes into. As opposed to having any Joe Blow that just grabs a grabs and throws on a biscuit and moves the rest back and forth to tuna and say, yeah, here you go. Well, yeah, I'm we, the best boat tech in the world. Hell, we had, we had a customer come like, up. What was it? I think it was two years ago, come up from South. I'm not going to say where and who it is, but they came up, they were going to open an archery shop at a gun, mm-hmm. at a gun range, mm-hmm. come up and want me to train one of their new techs. And I looked at him. I'm like, dude, this is not something I teach this guy in two weeks. No, it's, it takes I mean, a while. he might be able to learn how to tie in a peep and tie on a loop in two weeks. But he ain't going to know the, the 7, 10, 15 different brands that are going to be out there. Yeah. You know, I'm blessed that I've been doing this my whole life. I mean, I'm one of the few guys, and everybody knows it now. I can work on Oneida rebuilding blindfolded. And Oneida is a very complex contraption. Mm-hmm. You ever seen their timing mechanism? It will yeah. blow your mind. Um, but I worked on those a lot when I was a kid. You know, fishing 17. Boats now. now they're both fishing boats, exactly. Mm-hmm. So my point is that you don't teach this stuff in two weeks. Hell, you don't even teach it in two months. I mean, Bridger... You've been in the industry for, okay, I'll tell you this, 12? Deaton, for as much <laughs> as he knows in the short time frame that he's been in this industry, it's mind-boggling. You're, well, I mean, I've been, that I've been doing, because you've been, got, how many years, seriously, 12, 13 years? Uh, no, more than that. Uh, since I, I've been shooting, like, semi-seriously since I was, like, 12, so. Yeah, but you and like seventeen. in it. Yeah, like, it's the only thing I've done. So that's the only thing I've done. 17 years. Archery is the only thing I've done for 17 years. Yeah, for 17 years. So my point being is that, but here's the deal. Well, from what he knows and what I've been doing this now literally since I was like him. Since broadheads were made out of rock. Exactly. It's been over 35-plus years. And for where he is in that in that 17, where I'm at in 35, Yeah. I mean, he's as knowledgeable as I am. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and try to brag about it. This son bitch knows as much about this sport and this, how to bow works. It takes a special person to do that. It does. So what I'm saying is he has immersed himself in it to the 100%. point that he, he reminds me of guys I used to run with. We'd take apart our bikes to see how we mm-hmm. could make them faster. Yeah. Yeah. I tried every every tooth sprocket you could imagine front to back, the ratios, to find out what was going to be the best system for me. What you I'm know. thinking is he probably reads Archery Talk while he's on toilet. <laughs> well, he does. Dude, I pull up Archery Talk he in the shop. If we're like slow, I'll like pull up Archery Talk. <laughs> just and just read like the bullshit on it. <laughs> yeah, I just click one and be like, oh, I got this, this, that, and the other hilarious. thing going on with a bow. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just do that. It's I entertaining. Do, 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 he does like be knowledge. I do it for Be like a sick, oh, no, I do it for laughs. He does. It's like a six page. I go on the Facebook pages and I find like the Archery Unlimited or whatever. And they have the questions that people pull up there, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, it'll be a hundred thread, hundred thread post, or like a six page yeah. thread on archery talk." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh yeah, it, dude, just you rest is an entire right, <laughs> right." No, it's funny. Oh, my, oh, my bear shafts aren't flying when they no, land in the target. No. They don't hit straight, but my broadheads land with my field points. Uh, yeah, you're air, from a physical like physics standpoint. Seriously, they're flying straight, pal. But here's the scary. Bear but here's the scary thing. How many guys are reading that shit and thinking it's gospel? Oh, That's man. the scary part. I mean, dude, well, I've had stuff on there. Did nuts like, and bolts post it? Go listen, <laughs> go, listen, go listen to John Dudley and Ranch Ferry podcast. Hey, That's I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up, but I didn't know if this was an episode to do it in. I don't give a shit. I haven't listened to it yet. Have you listened to it? Parts of it. I heard it's amazing. You've listened to it. It's not bad. It's what you call tact. Tact in the military is what we used to define as telling someone they're stupid without telling them. Uh Okay. And then educate. Is that a real thing, Lisa? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could literally tell, Lisa, you're an E8. 
right? E9. E9. Okay, so you're the equivalent Get of Sergeant right, Major. Pal. Yes. So <laughs> I, I could literally, as an E6, tell Sergeant Major to go fuck themselves without telling them to go fuck themselves. And he never With knows. a smart answer. And most of them, if they've been around, they would know. Right. They'd be like, you know what? That was very tactful of you. <laughs> Go cut the grass. <laughs> Go cut the grass. <laughs> With but, scissors. Yeah. There's, there's a, I think that there's a lot of egos in archery. Oh, God. And huge. I think that the egos are a little bit of a uh, detriment to people's knowledge. If you could just educate people instead of making hey. them look stupid, I think that would benefit the whole, the whole program. It would take away a lot of my entertainment. What's but, what, How's the old adage go? There's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. Is there? I mean, probably. Yeah. I've, I've killed a lot of cats. I haven't I've skinned, skinned any of them. I've skinned a lot of squirrels. Oh, uh, there's, there is definitely, and, and you know, it's funny because you got guys that come in every day. Yeah, you see them every, and they're getting worse. Just the getting internet worse. guys. The internet guys, and uh, as much as you try to tell them, I mean, they're they're drinking that Kool Aid and oh, guzzling really? it by the gallons. Well, and this kind of goes back to the accreditation yeah. thing where we're, this all kind of stemmed from, like. You know, but Joe you, Blow, Joe Blow with a YouTube channel and 500 followers. Yep. But he doesn't have he doesn't have any accreditation, but he's got enough people following him on no, Facebook no, and Instagram you know that they, no. people think he knows what he's he, talking he, about. He's killed enough animals that people exactly think he knows what he's like for some odd reason people think he we'll knows what he's talking about, and that discredits us. Between the two of us, we have what, like almost 50 years in here? Yeah, exactly. And, and dude, we've forgotten more than most of those guys are ever going to know. Well, exactly. But there's but there's no accreditation no, deal. Agreed. Not saying there needs to be a way to, for us to vilify ourselves. Which, but, which brings us to But another, there's nothing telling like the average customer that, yes, what we are telling you is going to be more legit than what this other guy is trying to say. Unless you have 15 million followers. Bingo. That's exactly giving you the yeah. certification not saying that like some of the guys that have 15 million followers mm -hmm. which that'd be a lot for archery i guess <laughs> but like not saying that because john dudley like guy knows his shit he knows his shit as much yeah, as never, as much never, as we all like I to like trash, dog, I don't mess with him. as much as we all like to trash josh and bomar and all that <laughs> oh stuff God, while yeah. the guy can be kind of a tool bag every now and again <laughs> like homeboy knows how to kill stuff yeah, like agreed. Okay, that so aspect, no, I'm okay, not so hold up, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so like to Jason's point, no. There's people that there's people that don't yeah, have any let's sort of wait. Let's there's go people down that this don't road. have any type of okay, wait, wait, of background with it, and they are given this huge platform, hey, and people take out. their stuff as okay. Gospel. So time wait, out. I'm gonna shoot a I'm gonna shoot a 12 point tonight at midnight and take a picture with them tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning. No, wait. So did I kill legally? Now hold on a second. I want to go down this road because it's something where oh, this was leading into this. I'm so glad you brought it up. The problem is, is that you've got these guys that are getting these. I'll bring Bomar up. I'll use him as an example. Um, they're going out and getting these hunts, you know, that are caged. They're, they're, they're canned. They're giving these animals. Hey, at 10.05, this bulldog is going to turn right around this tree and you're going to yeah. be able to shoot and kill him. I mean, let's be honest. This is what's happening online right now with these internet superstars that have these 15 million likes and what's going on is is it now is they are using that as their accreditation to say that i am the master of my domain mm -hmm. and i know what i'm doing i can name literally 20 of them right now that i know personally through the internet that i've met and talked with and i know what their longevity is in the sport and it's it's killing the sport because it's killing Nobody hunting can live up to them. that's it because you got these guys going and killing the best animals in the world. What do I do? How many of them at a... Because you... 
I've hunted elk a long time. Mm -hmm. If you think that I can go out there on a DIY type hunt, even if the landowner's saying, get out on my ranch, go kill Mm -hmm. one, and it's private, to kill four bulls in 45 days, which is about the longest season you can get between any of the states from September 1 to October 17, it ain't going to happen. I I don't care who you are. I, I will call out anybody who says they make that happen. You either got damn lucky or... Those are some of those were canned hunts yeah. to a degree, and what it's doing is giving this false uh, perception of what the hunting is in today's world. It's it's taking it and co- putting all this cost into it, which I I hate the fact that elk hunting is becoming a rich man sport. I mean, we had this discussion the other day with customers. If you don't have ten grand anymore, you're not going to kill four hundred. You ain't going to kill one. Anderson Oliva, one of my closest friends, finally killed his bull on DIY public land. It took him six years. And I mean, it pissed me off that I wasn't there for that. That's probably my my biggest, you know, I'm so happy for the guy. He's worked his ass off. I've hunted with him literally five of the last six years. This is the first year I haven't been with him. And he killed his damn bull this year, which pissed me off. But it's a good example. He's worked six years, spent how much money and how much time doing it. It takes a lot of time. I mean, that I, is doing it the right way. I worked out with him and trained with him before the season. Yeah. That guy would He's put an in work. He's putting the work. He in. would shoot 100 arrows before we hit the gym. And then shoot afterwards a little bit. So, so for as much as the internet and social media has done to help, I think grow the sport of archery slash hunting and elk elk hunting especially. Yeah, it's also helped jade it. It's also helped kill it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the good comes with the bad. That you know, Let me ask my, you a question, my quick. devil's that ad- hold on my devil's advocate side of that. Do you, Chuck Adams? Okay, great example, Chuck Adams. Do you think he goes on canned hunts now? No, I say, and no. I use that term insanely. Loosely. I know what you're saying loosely. You ex- agree? Canned hunts being like, do you think he goes and hunts on a private? Do you do, does he go and hunt on private ground for a 400 inch bull, or private ground for a 200 inch muley, mm-hmm. or go sit on a 250 acre? 250 acre well-fed ranch in Iowa or farm in Iowa where they know they have two deer over 170 inches on camera, right? Like, is he less? Does he have less accreditation because he did all that shit beforehand, and now he's so famous because he now has the opportunity to go do that stuff? Like, yeah, some of it is the consumer's fault because we don't have accountability for knowing, like, hey, this guy's crazy successful and he's doing shit that I can only dream of and have to pay a lot of money to go do. Wouldn't you say Chuck Adams did it right though? Oh yeah, but yeah, when he got his first because he Randy Almer, I can name all these. Well, yeah, yes, they did it right the first time, but now they're reaping the benefits of them being really fucking good hunters, and they they deserve to have an easy time with it. And not saying everybody that's having an easy time, you know, if you want to call it that, that I'm using all these terms super loosely here, but like Cam Haynes going on his can, you know, you say can hunts, but he's going on a four thousand acre ranch with unpressured elk like yeah, yeah he's gonna kill a fucking hammer every year oh yeah yeah because a he knows how to fucking hunt yeah and b he's hunting somewhere where the animals aren't being pressured right so you know, he my, has the highest capability okay, of so anybody you know killing an an, that type of animal who ej varrows <laughs> dude he's a hammer dude that guy gets he just kills stuff he just man. kills shit dude. but, but that, i mean some of that some of, right some of that some of that some of that's consumers fault for consuming that content Correct. and looking at it and being like that's what i'm gonna go do so, on a on ten thousand acres so of public ground that. with ten thousand other guys right. so my point is and this. some of it's the content creator's fault or some of it's the seller's fault for saying this is you can go do this so the two guys you name two but you name two guys and listen we can name a bunch of them we can say 
you know, Chuck Adams, Randy Almer, Jim Shockey, um, Bill Jordan. You can name a bunch of even I'll even put Michael Waddell in there. Pick These man. guys did it right growing Dude, I mean coming the, through the industry. All those but guys how many guys look how many guys are social media influencers now that didn't do that just because they happen to have the, hey, fifteen million followers. The future is now, old man. <laughs> Listen, I hate it, but I... You, That's the truth. I hate to say it, but the yeah. future's now, old man. It's in a lot of industries, even the makeup it's, industry. Yeah. They say, oh, I'm wearing this mascara. You see, Dude, I watched, a million girls will buy that mascara. Boom. I watched Idiocracy the other night. And if yeah. nobody's ever... If, if you guys haven't seen that movie, go watch Idiocracy. And the movie ended five minutes later. My wife's laid in bed with me, and she plays the... Uh, whatever debate was going on and it sounded just as stupid, stupid as the design, movie yeah. and I realized that that's our future. Yeah. Dude, like well, the future is question, now. Uh, what, what, like that's how those people well, are creating before I success. Forget, I was going like, to ask you, you're an Iowa guy. Okay, right? You're from Iowa. Yeah. So you seen in the, I want to say mid 90s, mid to late 90s when he was born. No. Yeah. When yeah. Iowa, well, yeah, he was born. <laughs> but but I want to say, okay, so let's say maybe maybe late nineties to early two thousands, mid two thousands, let's say. But during that era, you were I know that you were a part of and seen that big push to get to Iowa to kill a big whitetail. Do you remember when, when Iowa, I when I when I dude, first got into whitetail? Bow it was the hunting. dream hunt of a lifetime. When I first got into whitetail bow hunting was when like Iowa blew up from dude, a, from a destination exploded. state standpoint. Yes, it became destination state thing. If you wanted to go kill, uh, if you were anyone, you were hunting Iowa for big white. I remember yep. Iowa two thousand two. Well, and that's because what was it two thousand? It was remember what that was. It was magazine the, print back then in TV. Yeah, it was because of the love scene book. What was that two thousand three, two thousand four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand three. Yeah. Love scene buck. And Albio is literally 50 minutes south where I yeah. grew up. And 90% of the ground I hunted was within 30 minutes. So you think about, so you think about the, the, during that 10, 15 year span, look at the celebrities that went there to buy and manage land in Iowa. You can name probably half of them right now. Well, yeah. You know what I, I'm saying? I, so, I, I named most of them. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> so you've seen what perpetuating a, a and and I guess I want to say whoring out. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is definitely but, whoring out. But taking a market and, and exploding it from a from a media standpoint and what it can do. And now is Iowa as good as it used to be? Yeah. You think it is? Hundred percent. We went through well, a regulated. we went through a little low point. But that but that there. wasn't due to celebrities coming and killing stuff. That was because no, EHD was it, it was, killed yeah. so we had two bouts of EHD between two thousand eight, two thousand twelve that killed 75% of our population. Okay. So it wasn't, you don't think it had anything to do with pressure? No. no. People you guys yeah. have a really good regulation, though. No. That's why, I, like, you know, okay, you bitch about Colorado going to all draw. No, I'm it's coming, a good thing for the herd. I'm, 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 I'm happy I'm that. coming from a state that is, yeah. if you're a non-resident and you want to kill a deer with your bow, unless you want to do it when it's 10 degrees outside and late season over a bunch of beans and shoot a deer 80 yards, you are waiting four years to draw tag. That's right. 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 I am a hundred percent behind that. <laughs> Keep everybody out. Like yeah. the I only mean, way you grow big deer, the only way you grow big elk is by proper management. We'll let them grow up. Proper management standards and low pressure. Yeah. Oddly yeah. yeah. enough, you have low pressure when a person can only get in get in once every four to five years. Yeah, I agree with that. No, I think it's a great thing that Colorado is going all draw. It's going to help the herd tremendously. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I look just at, I seen pictures of bulls being killed this year. I mean, hell, a couple of people I know, and I'm like, dude, why'd you kill that? He's one of the guys killed some really giant bulls, and he killed mm -hmm. a small five by five this year that was literally probably four years old. Mm -hmm. And it's like I wanted to say something, but it, you know, I, I don't own that tag, so I can't pass judgment on whether you did well. And, you and know. everybody can have arguments about 
what who somebody else kills it yeah. or you know what their opinion on it is but like somebody else's tag man yeah like unless you're in their pocket and yeah. you know you both are trying to have a certain management plan with stuff like it's hard to be upset with somebody for killing a certain animal right especially right. when it's somebody that has either a limited access to doing it if it's an elk hunt or somebody that's like an eastern east coast guy that goes out cutting once every 10 years right like i'm not going to be mad at that guy for being in the range where somewhere he could shoot like a 350 inch bull and he shoots a 280 right exactly like, guy goes out there once every 10 years like yeah. let the guy kill whatever he wants to kill yep. but you know it all it matters to like the type of ground you're on what you're trying to manage like if what you're trying to do with that population right. like and we're getting way into the weeds of you know a bunch of other stuff as far as game but let me ask you a question when it comes stuff, to iowa but, for example you guys don't really have a, an antler restriction per no. se but don't you think that if most guys are waiting four years to draw a tag that they're really shooting for a trophy no 100 percent. so they're shooting mature bucks is what my point is. yeah yeah if you if you have full if you have taken the time to put in for points over the course of four years i would assume that you have the dedication to have done your research yeah. to know what you're looking in for. In other words, you draw that tag, you're probably not going to go out and kill a basket six point is 110 inches. Probably not. Probably not. Because you're waiting likely. for that more mature yeah. buck. And and there's enough population up there. Like if you do that, you're like, yeah, it's going to suck because you probably killed a future Boone and Crockett deer. Like yeah. you, sh if you shot a 120 inch three and a half year old, like you know, that's a great deer, but you, yeah, but you know, that deer say. in three years is probably going to be 170 inches, yeah, but day long. <laughs> that sucks, but that sucks for you, yeah. I guess, more than anybody else, or right. sucks for the guy that draws a tag three years later, I right. guess it exactly. sucks for, but. No, I agree. But, but I think that Iowa's done it right because they are, I think that 90% of the hunters are going to kill a mature, large yeah, buck. When, when you, when you give somebody the opportunity and make them work for something. Oddly enough, they put in the time and the exactly. research to know how to kill that animal and what type of animal they're trying to well, kill. And that's why the OTC programs within, I think, elk hunting have have not been done well. You're gonna mm. go every year, go to Walmart, buy a tag, you're gonna go in the woods, you're gonna go kill the first thing that walks in front of you. This yeah. Table, it's brown is down. Yeah, 100%. Well, and I think too, it depends. But like you know you're gonna get range. that tag every year. Yeah, it depends on the range and the type of animal you're hunting too. So yeah. like with, with whitetail and i don't know if i want to throw elk in that same pool or not as far as like an easy to kill animal because it's definitely not no but like there's so much education on how to kill elk so you have to look at more like the type of area you're hunting so yeah. like if we're talking about like say we're talking about the bfe in the middle of canada where you got to walk 10 miles to even get to anywhere yeah like that's a hard area to hunt so that should probably be an over-the-counter thing but right. if we're talking like in colorado where you have a 10 you have a 10 square mile block where there's no roads and that's the only spot with no roads like that's a fairly air fairly easy area to hunt yeah. like that should probably be a draw area right exactly no i you agree know. with you no that's that's e ease of ease of huntability ease, ease of access yeah yeah accessibility like if somewhere that has easy access that unit should probably have you know pretty stringent draw stipulations right if it's somewhere where like the only way to get in is with a helicopter or horses or atvs or something yeah. like that to where like you gotta like you have to make the commitment to go in there otherwise you're going to die like yeah that one that one could probably be an over-the-counter thing right you know what sucks though is i just hate the fact that i'm watching the sport get i'm going to say western mountain hunting and even whitetail to a degree it's and i don't know if it's hit iowa yet with the leases and the expensive you know the, how expensive they are but it's becoming a the hunting is becoming is. like brit like uk where i mean brit 
Jason, you've been over to the UK. Isn't it a rich man sport over there? Dude, hunting? In order, it's all private ground. In order Texas to get a, has uh, been that a way hunting forever. license in Germany, it was a six month class. Yeah. And then it was all driven hunts. That so was it. that was it. But it's expensive, though. It's not cheap to do. I'm, no. I've heard. No, it's only no. cheap if you're military. Right. But so other than that, that you got to pay a lot so of that's, money. So that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm, you know, you, you, when I was a kid growing up, you know, you would shake the farmer's hand. Your dad would take us. And there's no doubt we were, we were the, 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 we were the the kids that were going to help him get access to that land to hunt it because mm-hmm. most of those ranchers and farmers back in the day were not telling him no with three little boys, you know. Mm-hmm. And now that is just a it's a gone thing because we're, the capitalism of hunting Money. has begun to the point. Yeah, the, yeah it's all about the, the, the I mean, that's just life changing. Like a, yeah. the world changes. Oh shit, dude, with the economy the way it is, I don't blame him. You got to make oh. money to survive some way. Once that bomb goes off, nobody will care what property lines are. I'm about to are. charge people you to come joke. out of here and shoot some of these deer. You joke. You could. I mean, that's the crazy part. I mean, that's what's nuts. I mean, but you know, it's funny. Out of both, as, like I always get a kick out of Texas. Texas is always bitching about their, their wild hog problem. Yeah, but they don't let people do it. Exactly. Say, dog, 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 dog. It's an easy problem to get rid of. Yeah. Hogs are a problem. You just oh, choose. Man. Come in to and shoot $300 people. to kill one. Yeah. Yeah. say, hogs are a problem. Oh, man, I'd love to come kill some. I'd lo- I'd be happy to come kill them. Come oh, yeah, it's house. only $200 a day. <laughs> come to my house <laughs> at 1030 at night. I'll put you on like six. That's what I'm saying, but that's that's the problem. We talk out of both sides of our mouth. The state loves to bitch about it, but then they wonder it's why they stupid. have it because they're charging to kill a. It's it's a nuisance animal. They yeah. you know, and we know it, and it sh- we should be trying to get rid of them. And that's instead, like you can't. You're never going to keep up with it at that yeah, kind of price. Florida doesn't charge people to go down and shoot iguanas and pythons. I, well, I, like I said, you know, the farmers in Ohio hated whitetail like with a passion. Yeah, because they were eating everything. All the farmers say, "Hey, you you need tags? Let us know." <laughs> oh, dude! I they remember. got aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas who will buy tags to go <laughs> I, kill. I remember going to an old man that used to let us turkey hunt. Man, kill all them sons of bitches! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just not that way anymore. And then, so I guess the the problem is, yes, I agree with you. Capitalism is a new way, but those same guys now are complaining about the same things, and they're not getting anywhere. As yeah. a matter of fact, they're probably getting behind. I mean, just finding people to pay that kind of money in today's world, I think, is just getting really, really hard. I mean, we're not, it is. and that's what I hate about seeing where the sport is going as a whole. And I actually, that's a good thing for target archery. I think target archery will reap the benefits. Yeah, let's, of it. let's steer away from all the negative bitching and let's go back yeah. to, to the good stuff. No, fuck. Bitching. What do you think? It's, what do you think it's going to do to the target industry? What's that? All this bullshit with the hunting world. I think it's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. You we got, people are going to get actually, tired I've been of struggling. Up, to, I've been seeing a lot hunt. of guys right now. There's t- it's twofold. I've got probably four myself, just myself, four or five guys who came up to me. One guy comes into to mind. His name's Scott Miller. Good good customer. Became an avid elk hunter. Killed a giant 330 class bull his first year out. Uh, went out the second year, didn't. Went off a year, went back this year with his son. And he had a big 350 class bull at 60 yards. And he was only confident to 50. And he came up to me and said, Sended. "said I never want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. And he goes, how do I get past that? How do I become proficient to 80, 90, 100 yards? Shoot I said, all year. You gotta sh- that's it. I said, you got to shoot all year. I said, Scott, you pick up your bow in about July, mid-July, and you shoot for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And granted, for your skill set, for your skill level, 50 yards is actually a good accomplishment in yeah. 45 days. Mm-hmm. You want to be good the other ways, you got to shoot your bow year round. And so I am, you know, he wants me to build him a target bow now because he wants to go shoot 3D actively. Go shoot 3D, go shoot Go tack. shoot FIDA, go shoot some events where it's testing your abilities to shoot long distance. 
that becomes a non-issue for you. Go shoot accuracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so going to help you. He's going to commit to it. I mean, he's, and I've got actually Good. three other customers that are going to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. these are going to be bringing new guys into the target world or target world that, that want to become better hunters, more effective hunters. So I think there's a big school of thought for that piece of it. And then after that, I think you're going to, you know, how many guys you got coming in now that, you know, I ask them all the time, would well, you want to hunt with the bow? You're going to no, just shoot targets. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, I'm seeing more of that than I am seeing guys coming in to want to go hunt and kill stuff. Yeah. The recreational side is definitely growing a lot yeah. faster than yeah. anything else. Yep. So what do you think you're going to roll with for the next target season? Shoot bow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool because I can shoot whatever I want. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that because we're pushing two no, hours. So I'm going to go with I'm probably, this camera, that camera, this camera. I'm probably. What are you going to go with? I don't know. I know at least got something out that's coming out that's going to mm-hmm. be intriguing. It's not a target bow. I'll tell you no, that. No, I know that. Um, but I'll probably be in a dart. Yeah. Yeah, I really. Whatever. You, know. you said you were going to shoot a prestige. I want to set old my prestige an old bow. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> yeah. An old Matthews prestige. This is a, this is a good bow. He's going to set it up. Well, I, got, I sold Bryce, Dude, one of our other employees, uh, my old black C4. C4, and he has been just eating that thing up. Dude. He loves How it. much did you win with that? Like, how many tournaments? A lot. Uh, I only, <laughs> he told me what Bridger did. I want did a bunch of day. local money with that bow. I didn't shoot Bridger, that one at. He said Bridger. No, 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 I'm just talking about the hey. C4 platform. This is why I won World Cup final. World Cup final. Uh, yeah, I won just a lot a of World stuff Cup final. <laughs> so yeah, just a World no Cup. Biggie. Just the best archer on planet Earth in that year. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's funny is that he told me you shot it the other day. He said Bridger shot my bow. And he looked at God. I miss and love you. <laughs> I miss. I miss. You know what's you. so crazy? Dude? I was a hundred miles away from him when he did that. Really? Yeah. That's what oh, were you in in, in, Germany. Uh, in Germany? Yeah, yeah, you were close. So, so yeah, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of good stuff coming out for next year for next season. You know, there is and there's not. Believe it or not. So well, from what I know from an industry perspective, I I don't think Hoyt's making a new target bow. No, I know PSE no last year. PSE's got Darden a new one. already did. They've already launched theirs. Their um, Exodus. Elite's not making a new target bow. I don't think Prime is doing a target bow. I haven't heard anything about Bowtech. I think you mentioned you didn't. They're think probably they going to. I would assume they'd keep the Gen Two. Keep yeah, the Gen Two reckoning, and then um, who's that leave? Um, Matthews has got the title. And Matthews has got the new title. So I think there's going to be only two or three companies that have actually come out with a new product line for which Target is the Archery. Exodus. Yeah, and the Matthews. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. The Matthews looks intriguing. You seen how many perimeter weights they put on that damn bow? It's a lot in the cam oh, and the riser. all over it, all, all over it, over the place. Got bare all bow weights it. the whole nine yards, bro. <laughs> that bow has got perimeter weights yeah. everywhere, and you can pick them out in different colors. Yeah, I mean that is one thing I'll give them. It is like it's at least unique looking. Oh, like we get everybody will say like, oh, it looks like they married this bow with that bow, but like it's so it's it looks. It doesn't look like a normal. So here's the here's which the million dollar question. Fun to me, I guess. When is the when is the pricing ceiling hitting hitting? When are we at max capacity and not doing it anymore? Because I've heard that bow is twenty two hundred. Twenty one. It's, it's over two. It's over two. I heard twenty one hundred. When you add tax, you're at twenty two. I think MSRP is twenty ninety nine. Twenty nine. So twenty one. Yeah. And then it's five hundred dollars I mean, for a front that, bar. I ain't gonna lie to you. hundred dollars for a back. I don't bar want to talk about the bars because that's just gonna for a back bar. So uh, Bryce, one of our guys, did the math before you put a rest on it and a sight. You're four grand in. No, I think that's with that's bow and bars. I think it's for all the stuff that you can buy direct from Matthews: bow, bars, and, br- and rest. Or bow, bars, and the rest. rest. The QAD you're and four grand. rest. You're, you're at four grand. Four, you four, four for two. Wow. You joke. You can buy two bows for that. Two target bows. 
or at least a down payment on a car. So now, so looking at this, that's a pretty had, good down payment. When you had the scope and the sight, you're sitting right around five grand. Tax title out there. Got that fucker better shoot itself. You think? So I, my point is, is that have when do we hit? I mean, when does this industry hit? Okay, we're done. We're not. When does the this technology kind of stop? I think Matthews is the only company, and maybe Hoyt, that gets away with a twenty-two hundred dollars target bill, twenty-one hundred dollars. Right now, yeah, probably, yeah, because they have the, got the moxie. They got, yeah, they've they got, got the, the market. They've got the people and the got the leverage behind. Yeah. Uh, dude, do you know how much a, do you know how much a Christensen Arms, three thirty-eight Lapua costs right now? It's stupid. No, wait, or wait. even even like a three hundred win mag target rifle, yeah. thousand yard rifle. Hey, yeah, you're looking over ten grand. You're yeah, you're looking at eight to ten grand for a thousand yard gun. So and that's before you that's before you put fucking okay. a scope on it. You don't so even like, have to go that way. You you go with a uh, a Kriegov. How much um, is a Kriegov gonna cost? Okay, you? but yeah, but okay, but think about this. So Christians and Arms and Kriegov, let's use both and Protzi, for example. Yeah. They know going into market, they're after less than five percent of the market. They know that. Yeah. What do you think target archery is? Do you to, think that the, Matthews is actually going after that 5%? I they think care they about? are. What, target archery for the entire industry is less than 10%. I agree with that. But so I, do you think why, that they're really... Why, does it, why is it shocking for them to go after that market when like it's less than 5% of the, or less than 10% of the market? Because I think as you look at the pure volume... So when I say 5% or of the, of the shotgun sporting market or the rifle market versus the archery, you're talking... 20 to 1. You're looking at it from more, more than that. You're talking 100 to 1. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, your pool of people's this and those other two worlds. Well, yeah, yeah I agree. In archery, it's that. You're I looking agree. at it from a logical sense. We're looking at it from a realistic sense. <laughs> it's it's, it's just, still 10% of that. It, it, yeah, I guess. 100% Matthews of the pie is 100% the market, of the pie. Well, it's got the I, market, just don't, I just don't see and it. And they've got the pedigree behind it. That's yeah. the thing. You know, Tanya did really good for, for Darton this year. No, she killed getting into Getting into that that match with uh, uh, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Bro, when's the last time a underdog bow company like that's been up there? Oh, well, I've told everybody, Darton this year won the manufacturer's trophy in the ASA world. They mm -hmm. they had more podium finishes amongst all brands and yep. won that title this year, which is, not, which is unprecedented for them. Yeah. Um, like I said, me and Bridger talked about it. You go to an ASA event, you've never seen so many red jerseys. Correct. I mean, it's kind of weird because it kind of reminded me of the whole Martin effect. You remember mm -hmm. when Martin Archer yeah, came back Yeah, I was going to say back early 2000s yeah. and everybody was wearing a white and gold jersey. And everybody was in a Martin jersey. Or late you know? 90s, early and 2000s. what's crazy though, they, they were giving out signings. They were signing deals. Like yeah. you a, if you had a pulse, I hate to say it, you know, they didn't care who you were. Just but the thing nowadays dirt. is if, if you're good and you have the pedigree and you back it up, nothing's going to stop them from raising that ceiling price. Yeah, that's true. God, it's crazy. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and predict that in 2 to 3 years we're going to have a $2500 MSRP target bow. Yeah. Well, no, okay, I think you, you're going to have a $2500 hunting bow. I mean, you bitch it's about that, close. but dude, Matthews had an $1800 hunting bow 10 years ago. Yeah, that was the uh the Safari. The Safari. Yeah. They sold them. Yeah. We still work on them. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Dude, and you I you know, you say you came out. I I well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that was that's still one of the most sought after bows. Yeah, but you you know you say like how can they keep doing this? Like, you know, archery keeps growing, man. Like yeah. the recreational side of it, the and with vehicles, the recreation and target side of it is growing a lot faster than the hunting side of it, yeah. and both sides are growing. One thing is cool though is I you're seeing this a lot now, and I think it's a good thing that Matthews will probably ride that train like the TRX series for the next four or five years. Yeah, which will keep that bow relevant for most yeah. shooters for a while. Yep. You know, there was a time frame about what. 
seven years ago for about, and you go 10 years back, it was a new target every, every year. year, every year. You guys change, 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 change. And now you're How seeing these you companies start, every year. like the Invicta. Yeah. Right? It's going to run probably a three or four year course. It's still out there. Um, you know, Elite's going to run the verdict now for probably the next two or three years. Yeah. It's funny because you see the big guys are able to ride that wave a longer time frame than the smaller mid-majors are. They need uh, more than a two-year research to yeah. come out with something big. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, it's it's going to be an interesting year for sure to see what happens. I'm excited, how Matthews man. works. It's going to be good for everybody. Well, it's kind of cool. So let's talk about it real quick. I know we're going on a long time here, but I don't care. you, I'm just out of my drink. So, so what you're doing <laughs> is going to be kind of unique, and we could talk about this on the podcast as mm -hmm. you go through this journey. You are literally buying one target book from every manufacturer. I am testing everything every that I can. So what I've told people is, and it might sound cliche or whatever, this year's not about me wearing someone's shirt. It's about me bringing back a medal for the country. Yeah. So I'm going to test whatever is out there and whatever shoots the best for me. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. And it might, it might be the same manufacturer that I shot for last year that their bow just outperforms everybody else. Right. But if it doesn't, you you're, you're going to shoot what's going to get you to win. Exactly. And I was really happy that those guys understood that and they were really cool about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, dude, I've got, I've got a little bit of everything going. You go out in my garage I even got my uh, my Victory X set up. Yeah. So I got the Victory X. I got the Verdict. I got a uh, Stratus and Invicta. I'm waiting on a title. Uh, yeah, you know what we need to do? We need to get his ass to C4. That'd be hilarious. Dude, I'm telling you right now. His arms are too long. Uh, 30 is a max, isn't it? No, 29. What? I need 29 and a half, 29 and three quarters. Yeah. His We're arms are too long there. for a mini max cam. Yeah, it sucks. That's a great bow, dude. But anyways, um, it's going to be cool because yeah. as you get through this whole process of shooting each of these pieces of equipment, you're going to be actually be able to talk about them and say, mm -hmm. this is what's good about them, this is what didn't do well, and we can go through that journey with you on the podcast, which yeah. would be kind of badass. There's, there's a couple of things that I'm 100% sold on, and that's accessory-wise. Like I'm shooting Black Eagle Revolutions. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to veer off from those. those. Those are hands down the best arrows I've ever shot in my life. Right. Um, <clears throat> sticking with Hamski. Love the the drop the drop away. I'm sticking with the epsilon. Mm -hmm. I love the the fact that I can either mount it on the riser or do the uh, universal mount. Yeah, all that stuff is really good on it. Um, ramrods stabilizers. stabilizers. Yep, I was shooting the beast uh, stabilizers, but because of my injury, I'm cutting down on weight, so I'm going back to the vectors. Vectors. Yeah. Um. So I'll shoot those. Excel sights. Excel still? sight. Yeah. I mean sight. What scope you running? Uh, so because I shoot a W1, I'm doing an aperture. Aperture, right. Yep. I forgot so about I'm that. doing a Shibuya yeah. uh, 12 millimeter, 40 thousandths aperture right now. With if it's a nice, bright, sunny day, I will shoot a uh, a blue fiber from Nan Optics. They make probably the best fiber out in the world. Um, and if it's cloudy and and you know not a lot of sunlight, I will shoot a uh, it's called a hazard yellow. So I'll do that, and I've yeah. tested both of those. They're they're fantastic. And you're um, sticking to the goat, sticking to the for right now. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I messed around with an ultra view button. Yeah, probably one of the most comfortable releases I've it, ever it shot. It is in my life. the most comfortable release. Yeah, yeah. I just I need more time behind it, yeah. and time is a crunch right now. Yeah, okay. but I will use the ultra view for hunting. Gotcha. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean. My setup is is not changing accessory wise. I'm just so you're going to shoot a you're going to shoot a Bowtech Reckoning. I think you have one of those. Coming. A Gen two. Yeah. You got Gen two. You're going to shoot the, the, title. the Matthews title. Yep. You're going to shoot the Elite Verdict. The Verdict. You're going to shoot the. You have a, a, a Invicta. Uh, Invicta. A Stratus. A Stratus. Yep. Both Hoyts. Yep. 
Are you going to shoot it? You're not going to mess with the prime. I'm assuming not a CT nine. No, no, or he's not going to do nine. that. They uh, still, they're still offering or black the black nine. nine. I'm sorry, the black nine. Yeah, because we just got I've, the pricing list today, and they still offer the black nine. No, really, <laughs> here's the thing: I've had a prime before in my life, and yeah. it just didn't agree with me. I got you. And then well, who am I missing? PS, you're going to shoot a PSE no. Dominator? No, no. Nope. Why not? Uh, it's a great bow. Yeah, but a whole lot of uh, feedback. I, I, I mean, I remember shooting a Supra. Unless they fix no, that, you that, won't um, get that in a Dominator. Okay, no, you need to try one. I think you'd be remiss. It's going to feel a lot like your Hoyt. Yeah. PSC Dominator and a Darton Exodus are the only two that I'm leaving out right now, but I would like to get and try those. Yeah. You need to get two of those. I'm really excited for the, uh, for the Exodus. I spent a lot of time talking to Brayden about it. So Brayden Galantine actually helped design it. And, uh, I picked him and, and Tanya's brain at outdoor nationals and what they said about it. It really piqued my interest. Yeah. We got one. They're pretty nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I think you need to give both of them a run. I think okay. you'd be remiss not to. Yeah. Feedback wise, it's not like they're supers. Not even okay. close. That RX or what do they think they call TRX or whatever it's called? RTX. RTX. That sucker was yeah. It 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 hits you hard. Yeah. But you won't have that issue with that bow. So well, that's gonna be cool. This gonna be exciting. Dominator. Dominator duo. I've got the reason I say I'm, I'm gonna I have one. I'm gonna get you one. I already have it. So. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that that's going to be interesting, and I'm really excited for this opportunity because most of the time, as I was new coming up in the in the world, all I wanted was that shirt. I wanted oh, the I shirt know. with my everybody name on goes, it. Everybody and goes I would stick that, to dude. it. But now that I've been in it for a while, man, that shirt's awesome. But it's, it's you more know awesome when you're winning. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, and I mean, I I always use Deaton as an example, and I mean, and I'm the same way nowadays. Just I just want to grab a T-shirt in my drawer and go shoot. I don't give a shit what it says on. I really don't. And it's just, but everybody goes through that process of, oh, I got to have the yeah. jersey. Got to have the jersey. Funny you say that. Oh, my my, uh, my second day of qualification at Outdoor Nationals, I shot in a t-shirt. It was yeah. an elite t-shirt. Yeah. But I shot 35 points higher on my <laughs> second day than my first. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, my yeah. my best scores have always been in a t-shirt and shorts. It's, better it's to always more fun to win. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, man. I want to shoot what, what helps me win? Not I remember. Win. I remember Jack one year was in Outdoor Nationals in Columbus, and he wasn't. He was in between deals, and he went out with a pair of starter black shorts on and a white t-shirt. Yep, and a raggy ass hat. I mean, he stood up there, and I went, "Are you kidding me?" I'm gonna I go with. It. I'm gonna go with the Oregon coach. They're in it for clicks. I'm in it for wins. <laughs> in it for clicks. Oh, that's oh man! All right, we've been online way too long, guys. Welcome to Archery Unhinged. So it's going to get better. We're going to, we're kind of testing the waters on how much we can get away with and how far. I know Jason is going to I don't call me out on it because he just doesn't <laughs> care. But we're going to give you guys really raw, um, unadulterated um, information about the industry and yeah. kind of kind of be really on the, on the edge of it. We're going to piss some people off. Well, the, the big well, thing is give people the raw information without berating. Yeah, I'm like, we'll we'll know more too once companies start coming out with more stuff. Exactly, here. exactly. we'll probably have some more hunting stuff here because we're kind of into that part of the season right ATA now. ATA is coming around. And you ATA know is going to be coming gonna, up. Yeah, most exactly. of the new or most companies are going to be coming out with bows and some other stuff yeah. here this time well, of year. And so. like like you said, I mean, you know, you can, some manufacturers might be upset at a, at me especially because, dude, I don't care. Um, you build shit, I'm gonna call it out. Sorry. And influencers will be mad at you. 
Instagram. Influences Inst- will be, Instagram. But, but you know what's funny is that we don't have, and I've said this forever, we don't have a platform right now that, I hate to say it, but it's not singing kumbaya about the products are sponsored by. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but influencers are one of the main reasons why I don't shoot Easton Arrows anymore. Mm-hmm. I went and won a bunch of stuff, set a bunch of set a world record and a bunch of national records, and they couldn't even answer an email. Yet yeah. they would give an influencer who's never broken five hundred mm-hmm. a full sponsorship. Yeah, and I've never said that on a podcast, but I'll say it now. Yeah, that's probably the best move that has ever happened in my life because they pushed me onto Black Eagle, mm-hmm. and I'm sold. And you're sold now. Yeah, yeah. They make I'll, a great arrow. I'll never, I'll never deviate from that. Yeah. I think Randy's a stand-up guy. He's he has a good uh, good head on his shoulders, and he runs his company in, in a way that I want to support him. Yeah, I agree. So, so. yeah. All right. So we'll. Some um, people get pissed uh, off. So here's I'm a million-dollar question: Are we going to try to be more? Well, that's up to you, Sleeping Beauty. Oh crap! And it's not up to me. We said four o'clock, and I called him at four. He was still taking a nap. <laughs> I was actually. Yeah. We'll be there in thirty minutes. Oh, he yeah. lives on the south side of San Antonio, guys. It's like a hour and a half. I, I said yeah, it. I'll well, see you at five thirty. I got here at five ten. Bite me. Yeah. Twenty we left, No, we left at four twenty. I think it was. So yeah, it was, you said you were leaving. We Whatever were, you guys have issues with, I'm gonna <laughs> JS Hamlin eighty eight. <laughs> Send him DMs and bitch at him. Yeah, whatever. Bridger and I were here making salsa, preparing tacos. Dude, yeah, Dude, they, that was did, good you salsa. They did? Yeah, the salsa, and they tell me, it's oh, it ain't really hot. good. It's hot. not that hot. It's not that hot. No, it's, it's it good. It was hot. Wait, you go. Even Lisa was beans? like, yeah, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. She's Mexican. Some, you want some jelly beans? No. I don't want jelly beans. No. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some new logos out, new stuff, and uh, follow us. Hopefully we're going to be able to pull everybody over from that LEA podcast over into this venture. And I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a seamless merger, but I am going to throw this out. If you guys really think that you would want some merchandise from this podcast, let us know. Um, we're doing it. Um, if anybody wants to sponsor and, and throw in their ads, we're open to it. Yeah. I'm going to do absolutely. things a little bit different. Yep. So we're excited. Yes, sir. All right. Catch you on the other side. Yeah.